Love Talk Radio. Ready, set, Welcome to the Couch Potato Sports Show, your internet radio home for all sports news and talk. Join Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio, and the best co-host anyone can ask for, Cuervo. We cover it all from NFL, NBA, MLB, NHL, as well as indoor football and high school sports. So let's do this. Here's Sonny Clark. together you're like god i gotta get away <laughs> might need to take three hours and pump up the couch potato sports shop <laughs> it is what it is but I, I, I here's the cool thing okay first of all i get to see my pops that's always cool if, if, if you ever met my dad you'd love him i mean my my dad is just that he's that infectious um um get to see my other brother my oldest brother um and his uh wife and then my next eldest brother I get to see, which always it's always good when when our family comes together after my mom's passing. It's always nice to have all four of us together, dad and my two brothers and myself. But I haven't seen my middle brother, or my next oldest brother, uh, his wife. I haven't seen her in over 30 years. So this will be kind of cool. It'll be nice to be able to get with family, get with her, and, you know, you know, I, you know, obviously I hear her on the phone yelling at my brother when he deserves it, which is most of the time, and, I'll, you know, <laughs> and I get to see her on Facebook, but, you know, I haven't had a chance to reach out and, and hug her and, and um, tell her I love her, you know, you know, face-to-face, it's one of those things, so it's going to be a good thing, it's going to be a family thing, out of all the holidays throughout the year. Okay, all of them, out of all of them, always has been my favorite has been Easter. Bar none. I, and forget Christmas. That's, that, it's not even fun. You know, but as far as traditional holidays, uh, Easter is one of my favorites. I, I think it's probably because there's no um, expectations but dinners and chocolate bunnies and eggs. So take away from that. You know, there's not really any obligation more so than Christmas tree. You got to put up a Christmas tree. You got to, you got to decorate the house. You got to decorate the tree. You got to, you know, you got to wrap presents. You got to buy presents. You got to spend days buying presents. Man, you, you just go out and buy Easter bags and hand it off to the kid and say, "Here, go at it." 
Uh, th- so that's probably one of the reasons why. Maybe it's because of my laziness is the reason why I like Easter. But that being said, of course, that being the name of the show. Uh, so we won't be on next Sunday. So I'll be traveling and spending time with my family. Um, and uh, that's going to be a real fun thing for me because uh, we, you know, for all four of me, my dad and my four, uh, three brothers to be able to get together uh, happens maybe two times max a year uh, for the last couple of years. But before that, there have been years and years and years where not all four of us, as far as dad, my brothers, and my mom when she was uh, when she was alive, got to spend time together. So, um, and I guess as you get older, it's something that you want to do. And <laughs> spend time with the family. I don't know. So, so just to let everybody know the schedule next Sunday, no show unless I've got to get away from the family. And I'm not going to promise that. But next Sunday, no show as it is Easter. So, uh, just everybody be ready for that. And speaking of that, uh, the fine co-host he can spend some time with his family. In case you didn't know. And it's queer ball on a Sunday morning. It's that being said, we're going to take a week off next week so you don't have to, not that you prep. I don't know. Do you even prep for the show at all, or do you just wing it like I do? <laughs> uh, believe it or not, Sonny, I, I prep about as long as you do. Just put it that way. All right, there we go. So, see, that's what makes the show good because you can say the things off the top of your head, uh, make yourself look stupid before you have to correct it later on. So that's good. That that's always good. Um, yeah. So I'm not in the same boat there. So uh, we're here on Sunday morning. With that being said, in there, and there has been. This week, I actually paid attention. I, I've been so busy lately, it's been hard to pay attention to what's, what's going on in sports. Um, but I actually paid attention this week. Uh, and, you know, and it started with a text that I got from you, Cuervo, on Monday as I'm getting ready to get through my day and get ready. And, and it was so awesome that I got a message from you saying yet again that Sonny Clark was right. And it it started on Monday. It was awesome. But I said Tony Romo was going absolutely nowhere. I was partially right on that. He's supposedly going to be going into the booth for CBS. And I say supposedly he will go into the booth for a while. But Cuervo, I said it from the start. I'll say it again. Tony Romo's going nowhere. But Tony Romo's not done being a Dallas Cowboy, and all it takes is one injury to a second-year quarterback named Dak Prescott. Well, that's a very good point, Sonny. And, you know, I mean, anything can happen between the regular season, as we all know, especially with the Dallas Cowboys, and even during the regular season. But um, at the same time, it, it does look that way right now that they don't have a backup quarterback. But who's to say that Dallas doesn't go in the draft and take a guy in the draft uh, for a backup quarterback? So maybe that's the plan to get a little bit younger, uh, as far as a backup is concerned, as opposed to having, uh, I forget who the other backup is now, but I'm pretty sure it's not a, it's not a young dude. So. It's not, not it's sure not Mark Sanchez anymore. <laughs> no, I'm no, sorry. No. I'm sorry. I had to bring that body blow to you. I'm sorry. That hurt. I know. Thanks, Dallas. Thanks for uh, giving him up. But, yeah. I mean, <laughs> uh, I mean, it's, it's not, yeah, it's not Mark Sanchez. So, 
But I, I, I think that's probably what Dallas' plan is now, is they're going to probably draft a quarterback late in a late round again like they did last season. And I guess hope for the best that they strike gold one more time and they can have them a solid backup. Let me ask you this. I mean, looking at the Dallas, since we're here for Lopes, you're getting your fill at Dallas Cowboys immediately. But you think about the draft and everything, I don't even think they do that. They do go get them. I think, as you look around, you've already got your young cat, okay? He's going to be there. I mean, listen, Dak Prescott, as long as he stays healthy, he's got a job. I mean, how long did Romo hold on to this job and only take him to two playoff uh, victories? I mean, 11 years, I think it was. So I don't think the Dallas yeah. Cowboys are in the rush to even grab any uh, quarterback whatsoever unless something – majorly happens to where one of the big guys drops, and that never happens because, hell, uh, some of the uh, lower draft quarterbacks somehow get drafted high. So I don't necessarily see that happening. I think I take a look at the Dallas Cowboys. I go out and I find a real true veteran that can back up, considering you don't have that, you don't have Tony Romo, and that's absolutely fine. By the way, Tony Romo hit that hit the jackpot with CBS because uh, the game he's the lead he's the lead analyst for uh, and that's what they titled him. By the way, the lead analyst. I, I mean, I'm not necessarily sure what he has done to analyze anything except be a quarterback. But but more than the fact that he's get he, you know the Thanksgiving dinner right there in Dallas. I mean because. CBS has the Thanksgiving game for the Dallas Cowboys this year. Um, so that, so he kind of cut a fat hog in the ass by grabbing this job right here. You know, literally, I mean, you know, Thanksgiving, if you have the pig, um, he, he did pretty well for himself as far as what's going on. And, and he's probably got a light schedule in reality when it comes to travel, I imagine. Oh, yeah. I mean, he's, he's going to have it made with CBS. Um, yeah, but he's supposed to be taking over Phil Simms' spot uh, to go with Jim Nance, actually, is what yes. from what I read. So uh, it makes me wonder, where, where does Phil Simms fit in? Or is he just going to be a third guy? Or I think Phil exactly Simms was done. I, I, I'm, my understanding, I think they fired Phil Simms. I'll look that up while we're talking about it, but I, I think they let him go. Now, honestly, Sonny, if that's what happened, that, that is news to me because I, I haven't heard anything about Phil Sims being uh, uh, fired from CBS, and that's normally stuff I get updates on my phone on as far as uh, NFL news is concerned. I even got the text about uh, uh, Tony Romo taking over as the, uh, you know, for the lead games for, with Jim Nance. So if, if I get those messages, I would imagine I would get a message saying that Phil Sims got fired, but... Then again, I mean, who knows? Well, here, here it is. I got it right here. Phil Simms says he's not done. The question is, is, is he not done with CBS um, or whatever? But reportedly, he still has two more years on his uh, contract. So who knows what Phil Simms is going to be doing? I mean, because they did, uh, you know, and it, it, I was thinking the same thing before I read, just read this. They unceremoniously moved Phil Simms from the league guy with Jim Nance and pretty much left him out in oblivion, which means that this guy's going to catch on with somebody else. You know, I always kind of thought of it as when I did the play-by-play, you know, hell, I'd take the worst game in the NFL and call that game. 
and I'd be happy with that, you know. Um, it, it, but there is a pecking order when it comes to when it comes to premium games and who's going to call those games. Obviously, you know, when you look at Jim Nance and his career as far as broadcasting is concerned, obviously he's going to be at the big game. So in reality, whatever position Phil Simms still holds with CBS, it's definitely a demotion. Of course it is, yeah. I mean, it, 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 him being with Jim Nance, I think they called probably, if I had to guess, about two or three Super Bowls together. Um, you know, so once you've reached that level, Sonny, once you've reached the top, you know, that's like they say, from, you know, when you reach rock bottom, you can only go up. Well, when you reach the top, you can only go down. And, and Absolutely. That's, that's and that, and that, that's unfortunate for Phil Sims, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't think, I don't think this has anything to do with it, but I tell you, there's a lot of people that, uh, that don't enjoy Phil Sims' commentary very much. I, I, I read a lot of, uh, you know, blogs and comments about, you know, how much he sucks as a commentator and this and that. Honestly, I mean, I think, I think all commentators at some point in time, Say things that are kind of like, yeah, no, no kidding, like Captain Obvious. Exactly. But, but with Phil Sims, it, it, it's like an ongoing joke. I don't know; it's a running joke when it comes to Phil Sims, and and even the same thing with Chris Collinsworth. So, it's oh, funny very much hated, he, he is. He's really like, like I don't know what it is, but I, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't really uh, put too much stock into how well a person commentates or how much are they really analyzing the game? Like I just watch the game and analyze for myself. That's what I do. But you know, uh, other people like to judge others. So there you go. Well, according to this thing I'm reading, uh, the number two spot is available over at Fox. So he may get a severance package and head over to Fox. Like a lot of these plate guys do. But Phil Simms has been with uh, for CBS forever. Um, so that's one of those things when you look at, and frankly, I'm with you, Cuervo. I don't put a lot of stock in what they say. I mean, you know, as far as they do open my eyes and maybe it's because I'm oblivious to a lot of things when I'm watching a football game and uh, oblivious to, but usually those critics of uh, guys are usually guys that are in the game for guys that are watching it at home and they can't see the full 50. Or, I, I just did. I just did the indoor. Uh, I just did the in, indoor lingo. When they can't see the full hundred, okay, mean the whole football field because there's only so many angles and there's so much so much attention one camera can give on a play. That it's always nice to have that other camera, that set of eyes, the the guy that's on the uh, on the side. And where I look at Phil Sims, he was best at describing what happened on the play more so than analyzing what is going to happen in a football game. And that's one of it. And I do know that's one of the things that people don't like about Phil Sims, but, uh, but another is they don't like the way that he describes it. I'm sitting here going, well, thanks, Phil. I didn't see that. Or I didn't, or sometimes he'll say something that it should be right there. As many years as I've been following football, I'll go, Oh God, that's right. He just, brought something to my attention. Now, it's not like the John Madden situation where John Madden goes, you know, if they throw the ball 60 yards down the field, you know, from the 40-yard line, they're going to score a touchdown. I mean, that's kind of obvious. And, of course, they had a good play on that through time. 
but I, I always kind of enjoyed Phil Sims. I thought he was I thought he was a guy that really put it out. But but I'm also one of these guys that don't listen to the critics because believe me, I have my own when I do my play by play. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying, Sonny. Like I don't I don't watch games to sit there. How well is Phil Sims going to analyze the game today? No, I'm watching football. I I, I barely pay attention to what the uh, the commentators say. So. Honestly, like I don't, I don't watch games to to break down how they're going to analyze the game on TV. Like yeah. I watch football to watch football. Like I actually find it don't. sometimes irritating. Sure. Oh yeah. 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 If, if, if I'm watching some a game with somebody and like, man, this commentary is terrible, and I'm just like, are you even watching the game itself? You know what I mean? Yeah, like, exactly. That's what I'm thinking in my head. So. But, uh, you know, everybody's different, Sonny. And, and um, you know, for for uh, whoever's going to replace uh, Sims, whether it's Romo or whoever, I mean, they they have to – they better be ready to, to be on the big stage, I guess, because I think if I'm not mistaken, um, I don't know if NBC's going to do any more Super Bowls, but they would be in line next. To do it. If not, then it goes back to CBS. Right. So, I, yeah. It's CBS or Fox. It's it, it CBS or is it? Wait. It's CBS or Fox, isn't it? Uh, for the Super Bowl. Well, Fox, Fox. Fox. just did the Super Bowl this past Fox, year. Got it. So, All right. So yeah, the rotation. The rotation is Fox. Then it'll be NBC. Then it'll be CBS. Then it goes back got to it. Fox. Got it. So now, according to, and I'm reading this article here, it says that according to the contractual uh, language of Sims's contract, um, makes him the uh, makes him the lead analyst. But that being said, I mean, you can always still get paid the same amount and not do everything that's on the contract as long as it's an agreement between the players involved. I, I think Phil Sims is good. I like him. I always liked him, but. Uh, but that being said, which is the name of this show, um, this whole thing, as far as Tony Romo, you know, we, we've talked about it. it you know, I think that this is a football team, the Dallas Cowboys, are a football team that might be treading water. I mean, because all you got to do is look to a couple of years ago when they did have Romo, when he did get hurt, and they didn't have a real backup. And this is one of the things. Tony Romo, you could say whatever you want. He has an out on that contract on CBS. I don't care what anybody wants to, to put out there or say or whatever. He's got an out on that contract in order for him to step down and get back up on the football field. There's not a question in my mind. They'll say differently, but it's, it's there. That having been said, when the Dallas Cowboys, before they make that move, I mean, just because Dak Prescott is going to go down, Okay, doesn't mean automatically the telephone starts ringing over to Tony Romo, although it probably does, but before Tony Romo actually makes his way back. They'll have to see what they have at that backup position, whoever it may be. And frankly, I don't think it needs to be another young cat. How many times can you actually grab into the draft late in the draft and grab a Dak Prescott? That don't happen very often, as it is. The, the Cowboys got lucky. They got two of the best draft picks probably in their franchise history in the same draft, one really late, and especially at the quarterback position. So I think the Dallas Cowboys, they really need to start searching. And 
the good thing about quality backup quarterbacks is, is they're washed up, which means you can grab them and you give them a contract. You're going to overpay them, but the experience that they bring with the game can help Dak Prescott at the same time too. Oh, well, sure it can. I mean, and if that's the direction that the, the Cowboys go, then, I mean, then – I, I don't I don't think it's the worst idea. I just I just figured they were they would probably go that way just simply and I'm not saying it was gonna work. I'm just saying that's probably the direction they were gonna go because in their minds they're like, Oh well hell, we, we struck it rich last year and we found that Prescott, maybe we could do it again and we can get a guy uh later in the draft and, and maybe we'll strike it rich twice and who knows, maybe it would work, maybe it doesn't, but but obviously, yes. I mean, the, the better option is to go with a veteran. I just figured, I just was saying that they're going to draft because, in my mind, that's probably what the Cowboys are thinking. Like, if we if we did it once, we could do it again. Right, and and that and that is you think about it, and think thinking about some of the players that are still out there at the quarterback position. And I'm going to tell you, I know exactly where this football team should go. Because they've done it before, they can do it again. The only problem is is the baggage, and that's Colin Kaepernick. And the reason being, and I was looking at this week, I actually had some time to look at it because we talked about you know Colin Kaepernick. Would he go over to New York? And frankly, the the military presence I think is huge over there, obviously because of nine eleven and everything else. But a Dallas Cowboy team that takes chances on quarterback or just players in general who have a bad background, obviously with him not standing for the national anthem has left a bad, bitter taste in a lot of people's mouths. But usually Jerry Jones is a kind of a guy who does not really fall too much into that. The only thing that I like about that, as far as what's going on, if you look at Dak Prescott and Colin Kaepernick, the only difference is, is Colin Kaepernick's three inches taller. That's the same quarterback, Cuervo. I don't care what anybody says. They're the same type of quarterback that can get the job done. And I think when I was looking at the, you know, the talent, and it's so much so that I decided, guess what? I'm going to go look at these guys. I'm going to see what kind of guys these are. Take away that the, the fact that Dak Prescott, better than Colin Kaepernick, will stay in the pocket before he takes off. They're the same type of a quarterback. They're that mobile guy. They're the guy that can get out. They both can throw on the run. Take away the last few years with Colin Kaepernick because his brain is not right because he's on a crappy team. He knows it, and he's making money, so he doesn't put off the effort. I'm sorry. It gets that simple, I think. You put, the, you put a Colin Kaepernick on the Dallas Cowboys – you're automatically talking playoffs, at least as far as the franchise is concerned. Now, whether or not they make it, that's a different opinion because I already got them not making the playoffs. But I think when I look at Colin Kaepernick and Dak Prescott, I'm not looking at too many different, you know, ideologies about who they are out on the football field. No, that's a good point, Sonny. I mean, they're they're pretty much the same quarterback. And like you said, I mean, you know, Kaepernick is, is a little bit taller and that's stuff. The only big difference, and I could see something like that possibly happening just because, like you said, I mean, they're the same type of quarterback, so he fits right into their – he would fit into their system easily and nicely. Um, sure, as long as he can comprehend the playbook, 
uh, then I think that that would be a very ideal situation for not just Dallas, but for Kaepernick himself. The only question I would really have is how much would the Cowboys be willing to sign him for and would Kaepernick actually uh, agree to it? Because I'm sure that a guy like Kaepernick is, is going to want to be a starter. I'm sure he's not going to want to settle for, for a backup role. So. Do you think that really, Cuervo? I mean, you think about it. I mean, think about this football team. He can't be blind as we are. Okay, and we see that this guy right now should not be starting for too many other football teams besides the Cleveland Browns. Okay, I, I, there, there are not too many fits that this guy is going to make. And when I say that, I look at this guy and I ask myself, you know, you know, if he's going to start, he's not going to start on a Super Bowl contending football team. That's not going to happen. Because why? Super Bowl contending uh, teams, they already have their franchise quarterback. All right? When you go down the list of teams that could actually contend for a Super Bowl, they've got that guy. They already got their guy that's going to lead them into. And even as bad as uh, Carson Palmer is, the Arizona Cardinals have him. Um, so that's, you see what I'm saying? You, you look at these good football teams, they already got their quarterback in place. They don't need a Colin Kaepernick. So if Colin Kaepernick's idea is that, guess what, I'll go ahead and I'm going to go someplace to be a starter, this guy might as well live in oblivion. Now, if he wants to get back to some success and some fame that he had when he was the guy at the quarterback position for the 49ers, he needs to take that step and take that step back and realize what role he's going to be if he's going to be on a good enough team to be uh, in the Super Bowl or in the playoffs. Yeah, well, I mean, that that's going to depend on Colin to, to be humble enough to say, look, okay, maybe I'm not going to be a starter. But if I could be on the team as a backup, that's going to win. Uh, then, then I'll, then I'll, you know, I'll take that deal. But I wonder what his mindset the, is. Well, Sonny, his mindset is that he's he's probably looking to be a starter in the NFL, honestly, and that's why. And I'm not, I'm not saying that he won't take a backup role in Dallas, especially if he knows that. Well, shoot. Dallas has a real good shot at, at making a deep playoff run. If I just, you know, take a step back and, and maybe just, you know, play the backup role and if the opportunity happens and I can start, then, you know, a place like Dallas would be great for him. It's just his, his, his ego tells me otherwise, Sonny. His ego tells me that. That's, that's a good point. He he wants to start. That he feels like he still has the qualities to be a starter. And I'm not saying he's wrong, but like you said, it's not going to be on. There's not very many teams that he could start for. Um, I could probably. When you think about it, there there is only one team that I think that really can contend that could use Colin Kaepernick as a starter. And there is no quarterback down in Houston. But Houston already made the big debacle of grabbing uh, Brock Osweiler last year. They can't afford to make another mistake at the quarterback position. And could that be a big mistake with Colin Kaepernick? Uh, yeah, it, it could be. So that, that's a risk-reward decision down there in Houston as far as where they're going to put Colin Kaepernick if they decide that they want to go out and grab him. Now, there's a lot of reports out there that they, they want him 
Um, there's also a lot of reports out there saying that they don't want them, which leads right up into what we're going to be doing here in a couple of weeks, Square, about the draft. Okay, so, you know, what are they going to do? What's Houston going to do? Are they want to they wanna dangle the idea that, ah, we got our guy, we just need to come to terms with Colin Kaepernick and then pop up and grab on the quarterbacks that happened to slide uh, in, the, uh, in the draft. But I don't think, when I look at the Houston Texans, I don't think they can afford to do that. How long are you going to have your guys that have made you a success on the defensive side of the ball? That's going to be huge. Injuries are going to be a big part of what's going on down there. And Colin Kaepernick, say whatever you want, you know, he's not an injury-prone dude. So you, you grab a guy who is actually healthy and then maybe try to lead your football team you know, with your defense. And the great thing about that whole thing is Colin Kaepernick in, in Houston doesn't have to be great. He'll, and, and there's – I wrote one thing down as far as prepping for the show. I was driving down the street, I want, and, and I'll get to that here in a moment. But in the division that they're in, the AFC South, they have the Colts. I, you know, we always say this team is the blanket team that gets, you know, that you know, just by default wins the division. Well, contrary for, for the last few years, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they're, they're an oblivion that I don't think they can get out of. I don't care what anybody – you can talk about all the positive in the world. They're in a lot of trouble. The Tennessee Titans, however, this is a football team that seems to be improving week by week. But if you look at the divisions throughout, whether it's the, the NFC or AFC, I, I, I have to say the weakest has got to be sitting right there. So if Colin Kaepernick's going to have any kind of success – one team out of that division is going to make the playoffs automatically. And then depending on how well they play in the record, obviously maybe they can grab up the wild card. But I think the, the fact that when I looked at all of the divisions in football, as far as bad football and who needs a quarterback that can actually maybe make a difference in the playoffs. only one I could think is the Houston Texans. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know you mentioned Brock Osweiler earlier, Sunday. Well, thanks to Cleveland. I mean, they, they can they can afford to bring in Kaepernick now, you know. Right. Considering the fact that that Osweiler's totally off of their salary book, and they have that money now to go out and get a Kaepernick. Um, but again, it's just like with Romo, it's just like with Kaepernick, with Adrian Peterson, and all these other free agents. Um, there's just a question. There's just too many questions about these type of guys. I mean, the name is great, but. You can't be fooled by just a name. Adrian Peterson, I mean, he's going to go down as one of the greatest running backs of all time. But where's can't get a job. <laughs> you know, uh, and where's his health at? You know, is, is, he going to be, is he going to give you 15 games, 14 games, let alone mm-hmm. 16 games? Um, Colin Kaepernick, is he, going to be, is he going to be a distraction in the locker room? Is he going to be a guy that you have to answer questions for throughout the season and – you have to speak on his behalf, basically. Um, you know, uh, who's, who's some other guys that are out there that have uh, gotten signed? And, you know, there's, there's other guys out there that... Oh, there's some great... Quite well, there's some great names out there. And there's some good names, and then there's some horrible names. Now, some names that are out there, and I won't say if they're good, bad, or ugly. Jay Cutler's out there, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Robert Griffin, Sean Hill, which, by the way, yeah. that's the one the Dallas Cowboys need to go after in reality. Okay, Sean Hill is the guy. Um, and, and Matt Glowing, 
Blaine, uh, Blaine Gabbert's out there, uh, Christian Ponder, uh, uh, Thaddeus Lewis, TJ Yates, which is another local guy the Dallas Cowboys couldn't hurt to go after, uh, Bruce Gronkowski, Austin Davis, and Charlie Whitehurst, which is just one of my lovable losers that I love. I hope the guy gets a job every year. Um, so away from that, you know, those are really the names that are out there, Cuervo, as far as where it is. And when you look at the market value on what Colin Kaepernick is wanting, needing, and everything else, the market value for Colin Kaepernick in reality is $14.2 bucks. The question is, Cuervo, what team is going to end up doing that? Because let's say you sign them to a two-year deal. I say you sign them to a, uh, to a two-year deal for $30 million bucks with $14 million guaranteed. That's one year, and then you can kick his ass out of there. That's the going market for Colin Kaepernick at $14.2 bucks. Now, Ryan Fitzpatrick, on the other hand, he's a little bit differently. He's $4.4 million market value, okay? Now, I'm getting this market value from one of these sports guys, and, and, and I've watched this thing. They're pretty much dead on, Cuervo. 14, 14, so you go $4.4 million bucks, okay, and you get a Ryan Fitzpatrick. But the difference between that is what you said, Cuervo. He wants to start. That's the reason why it's $14 million. That's the reason why the market value is there, more so than Ryan Fitzpatrick knows he's going to go into a backup role. That's why his annual salary is at 4.4 as far as the market value is concerned. Yeah, and, and, and you know, again, that's, that's exactly what I'm talking about is, is you know, Kaepernick has to be, you know, even, even a guy like Cutler. You know, why hasn't Cutler? Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of reasons why Cutler hasn't gotten signed, but but the big thing is is, is the, the, the financial part of it. Who's gonna yep. who wants to pay Jay Cutler sixteen to eighteen because he's not getting twenty. I'm telling you right now, what right. he got with Chicago, what he got from my Bears, he's not getting anywhere else. So I'm I hope he enjoyed that salary that he was getting because he's never getting that again. So if anybody's in their right mind. That that's what anybody's damn in sure. their right Yeah, and you know, if there's a team desperate enough, I'm sure they'll come they'll come calling. Uh, yeah, uh, you know Cutler's agent and and whatever. And Cutler and say, knows it. Well, Cutler knows it. I mean, you can say whatever you want about Jay Cutler out on the football field. The fact that this guy has the worst attitude in the world, but coming with the attitude, Jay Cutler, to me, and maybe I'm wrong, and you'll correct me or or, or differ with my. This guy can care less if he plays football next year. So that's the reason why he can demand the money. He says, well, I'll play for this amount. If not, I'll spend time with my beautiful wife, which, by the way, she's gorgeous and hot. Um, but a really interesting situation. That when you look at, at Jay Cutler and Tony Romo, both of these guys have been in the league for 11 years, Cuervo, and both of them are not playing football as of right now, next year. And we're moving slowly into a training camp here in the next few months. Yeah, no, you're right though, Sonny. I mean, Jay Cutler doesn't care about much. So the fact that if he doesn't care if he plays next year, the answer is you're probably right. You're probably right. I mean, he's he's gonna sit back. It's just like I'm, and I'm sure all these these agents of all these guys are are advising these guys to, to not be desperate to take a job. Um, and, and you know, and and this is such horrible thinking, but this is the way it goes, Sonny. Is Hold back. Wait to see if somebody gets hurt, just like with Minnesota last year. Yeah. And if somebody gets hurt, 
then guess what? We're going to get the call and you're going to get, you're going to get a job with the money that you're looking for. So just be patient. It's only April. Um, you know, like you said, OTAs are going to be starting what May, June, or something like that. So late June, be... late June, uh, or I'm sorry, late July, um, and right into August. Yes. Yeah. So, so you know, that that's my point is if if you sit back and you're patient and you just wait for an opportunity to come up, it will come up, and then they'll get they'll get the uh, they'll get the uh, money that they're looking for. So that's probably what these agents are doing is just advising them to hold back. Don't get desperate. Don't go chasing a job. Um, <clears throat> the opportunity will come. So and look, and, and, and if you and, look and, at that whole, look at that whole situation. Teams are looking for this year's Sam Bradford or this last year's Sam Bradford. Two years, right. uh, 36 million bucks, 26 million guaranteed, which told you right away that they're keeping them for two years regardless. Because if you're giving, if you're giving Sam Brand for $26 million for one year, you're insane. So the idea definitely was for him to back up Teddy Bridgewater if he can be back. But the reason why they made a $26 million guaranteed is real simple. The question is, is will Teddy Bridgewater be back in time to take the football field? And that's a big thing. But the key thing in this, you can say whatever you want, okay? You, don't, you may not like Sam Bradford, and I would be right there with you. This guy's mediocre at best, but he still has the experience of an NFL quarterback. He may not have had that winning experience, but the guy can play. And that's what Minnesota needed because, obviously, you look at Minnesota as huge defense, and that's what's winning some football games for them, more so than Sam Bradford. But if you are a team that is looking for this year's Sam Bradford, you know, there's not too many to pick from that you can really honestly say to yourself, who could be that guy? Um, It just depends on what you're going to grab up. Now, me, Dallas Cowboys Cuervo, they need to go after Sean Hill like they can't get another backup quarterback. For the last six years, the best backup quarterback in the NFL has been Sean Hill, bar none. There's not even a question about that. And the Dallas Cowboys, they need that kind of quality at the backup position if they're not going to lean on Tony Romo. Well, um, I mean, it's like maybe Sam Bradford. Sam Bradford played his ass off last year, so maybe he's the second best. Yeah. Yeah, and, and I mean, I would say another guy that a lot of people don't talk about as far as, hey, we, we need to go after this guy, whether it's through trade. Well, actually, trade would be the only way to get him. But I think people still remember how well A.J. McCarron did for the Bengals when Andy Dalton went down. Yeah. And, um, you know, so that's another guy that – and he's young, too, real young. He's still I am young. so with you right there. So, I, I mean, he's a guy that you can get for, for peanuts, Sonny, and – could wind up being, uh, uh, you know, another Tony Robo, a guy that, that um, I mean, McCarron got drafted, but the difference is nobody really thought he was going to amount to much. And nope. you can make the argument that Tony Romo is going to be a Hall of Famer one day, even though he only had one playoff win and, and all that stuff. I mean, you could, because of the fact that he was a Dallas Cowboy, yes, I'm going to say it, but the fact that he was a Dallas Cowboy, I think, is going to influence 
voters a lot, a whole lot, as far as whether he's a Hall of Famer or not. Just simply in the fact that, uh, you know, he, he owns most, if not all, of the, the Cowboy passing records, if I'm not mistaken. Yes, so. uh, pretty much all of them, if not 98% of them. There might be one right. or two that he doesn't have right now. And those could be those obscure stats. Yeah, and, and, and that's a lot to and that's a lot to say because of you I mean you think about obviously the big two that stand out as far as the history of the Dallas Cowboys, you got Roger Staubach, you got Troy Aikman. Well, he surpassed both of those guys in in most of the if not all of the passing statistics of the the history of the Dallas Cowboys. So that that's a lot to say, Sonny, and, and you know, you, you you can make fun of them all you want with the with the uh, you know with the box field goal and all that stuff in the playoffs. Yes. And, mm-hmm. and all the time that he he choked against uh, uh, you know, in other playoff games and whatnot. Uh, he did a lot for the Dallas Cowboys too, in in the sense of gotten getting them to the playoffs uh, most of the seasons that he was there. So, I mean, I, I think, I think he, he's not going to be a first ballot. Let's not get crazy. He's not going to be a first ballot Hall of Famer. However, I do think he'll eventually get in just because of the star that he wore on his helmet. Yeah. I think if I think about Tony Romo, I like his numbers and everything else. Obviously they're better than a lot of them. Um, I think the fact that he wasn't able to even get him to an NFC championship game is really going to hurt him. Um, so, like you said, maybe eventually, I think it would take seven years before they give consideration bringing Tony Romo into the NFL Hall of Fame, or actually the Pro Football Hall of Fame. I, I don't see him getting in very quick at all, although he's got the numbers that probably if he would have made a Super Bowl, um, yeah, maybe if he made the Super Bowl, it, it maybe if he won the NFC Championship game, he hasn't done either one of that. He's only won two playoff games in his career of 11 years. It, it's tough to get around today's new media to get him off of the fact that hey, look at the stats and look at what he did. Look at look at Dan Marino. Look what he did. He deserves to be in the Hall of Fame. You know, look, look at these other guys who, you know, didn't make the Super Bowl or win the Super Bowl, but yet they should be in the Hall of Fame, and yet they are. Um, so I, I think it might be there. So real interesting, really interesting talking about, you know, some of the things. And, folks, we're not even done because although I, you know, my prepping is writing down a few things as far as diving into it and getting the actual facts, I don't do I go off the top of my head. That's why That's why we, we say that being said. That being said, we don't go and look at a lot of things. We'll, while the show's going on, we'll look up at something that something goes on. But top of my head and some craziness coming from Sonny Clark. Yeah, Sonny Clark's going to say something stupid, which is nothing abnormal for this show. But you're going to hear something when we come back from break has Sonny Clark, has Sonny Clark lost his mind? We're going to find out when we come back, and you've got to hang around to listen because I might make one of the dumbest statements. And that right there is a great tease right there. Sonny Clark's going to make one of the dumbest statements he ever had said on this show. You've got to hang out to hear how dumb it's going to be. But really, is it dumb? 
And you're going to have to think about this when we come back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. It's that being said, Cuervo will be back in four minutes and 45 seconds. Go get some coffee and hit the head, and we'll do it on the other side. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. It always happens. 6 p.m. on a Saturday night and your heater or air conditioner goes out. What are you going to do? All the heating and air conditioning people are closed. How about 24-hour service available at 5-Star HVAC Contractors? You can be sure to be serviced amazingly fast. That's 5-Star HVAC Contractors serving Relev 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, 214-457-8441. Call the experts at 5-Star HVAC Contractors. Let Spirit Outfitters be your home for any of your specialty needs. Spirit Outfitters can do it all. Whether it's screen printing, custom apparel, spirit gifts, or embroidery, Spirit Outfitters has you covered. Need personalized apparel? We can do that. Want something just for you? We can do that also. Spirit Outfitters will let your imaginations run wild. Give them a call at 972-412-3440 or visit their showroom at 3538 Lakeview Parkway, Suite 101 in Rowlett. Or check them out on the web as well at thespiritoutfitters.com. never make talking about insurance as exciting as the Kentucky Derby. However, we can make it interesting to see how much we can help you save money on your car insurance. Check out Coslow Insurance at Rowlett Road and Main Street in Rowlett, or check them out on the web at coslowinsurance.com, where we always have the coffee pot on. Yeah, but is it fresh? This is Sunday Clark Radio Voice at your Rowlett Eagles letting you know about Fit Body Boot Camp. What makes Fit Body Boot Camp a unique fitness program is the value of consistent coaching with a professional fitness trainer in a group environment that generates exceptionally high levels of fitness results. At Rowlett Fit Body Boot Camp, we offer complete fitness programs unlike any other that you've tried before. Our program it consists of unlimited group training sessions, fully customized nutrition planning, and a result tracking system designated to ensure our members achieve their fitness goals. 
Contact Tom or Mark at Fit Body Boot Camp located at 2502 Lawling Lane in Rowlett, Texas, or give them a call at 214-888-2848. Or visit them on the web at www.rowlettfbbc.com. on this show. And Queerbo has been on this show when I've made some pretty dumb statements. Queerbo, just just to show the crowd, I've made some pretty dumb statements on this show, haven't I? Uh, Dumb, crazy, but boy, I tell you, sometimes uh, it's like like a crapshoot, Sonny. Sometimes you roll that seven. Sometimes you roll the snake eyes. I, I I don't know what's about to happen. I'm 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 actually a little nervous right now. Well, this this is regarding one of the best quarterbacks to quote unquote to come out in years. This is regarding the guy that was supposed to step in and be the guy after the loss of a big huge guy. And I'm putting it out there, folks. You can Uh-oh. say whatever you want. I'm putting it out there. A guy that was supposed to step in, I thought was a great move at the time. But as you I know look you're at talking it, about. if you look at where everything's going in the crummy, and I'm talking about a crummy division in football. I kind of hinted on that on the other side. How Andrew Luck is considered a franchise quarterback as, and listen to what I'm going to say, folks, as bad as he has been. Now, that having been said, I know how stupid in reality on the surface that statement sounds. But I'm going to tell you right now, Cuervo, out of all of the quarterbacks that have come out, that have had the expectations, and not only that, had the talent, I'm talking about why are we giving Andrew Luck a pass in the Indianapolis Colts at the quarterback position as being still great? Because let's be honest, Cuervo, the last three years, okay, I, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know. A lot of teams could, I, I want to say, couldn't carry my job. I don't know. He has not been good, Cuervo. And I don't know if it's injury. I don't know what's the problem. But I'm going to tell you, the last three years for the Indianapolis Colts and Andrew Luck, if I am the guy in charge, I'm looking to get this guy gone. And the main reason is he hasn't done anything to impress me in the last three years, Cuervo. I don't know. Am, have I gone crazy? Am I thinking a little bit left? I don't know. But it doesn't seem like Andrew Luck has really helped this franchise, per se, except maybe for jersey sales. Well, Sonny, <clears throat> I was with you, you know, with everything that you said as far as you know, why is Andrew Luck getting the pass? Why do people consider him a franchise quarterback? And, you know, he started out great, you know, came out yeah, he did. As, as a rookie and, and he was on fire. 
But then injuries have been what has caused him to slow down his career a lot. Um, but then you lost me when you said that they should get rid of him. Absolutely. I think that's, I think that's premature, Sonny. Um, and, and I say that because if you think about it, he's only 25 years old. Um, and what, and who's to say that there isn't something wrong with, uh, with him, you know, health wise. Now I think, I think who should, who should be questioned about that is the GM of the Indianapolis Colts, which he just got fired. So mm-hmm. uh, it, it'll, it'll be interesting to see how they, they manage him from this point on, you know, as, as a franchise. And, and if it's still an issue, then I think you have to look at Chuck Pagano and say, dude, I mean, you had the opportunity of a lifetime. A lifetime. Good point. Yeah. And, and, and you ruined it by whether you forced it to uh, happen too soon as far as him coming back from injuries and whatnot. Um, I think, I think if he's still not right, then you have to look at Chuck Pagano and say, he just doesn't know how to manage players, and he needs to go away. So, well, They've been trying to do that, Corvo. I mean, the last two years we've been hearing about Chuck Pagano being on the hot seat. We've talked about it on this show. Whether or not he's on the hot seat or not, you know, obviously with that last uh, general manager, that wasn't the case. He should be definitely on the hot seat. But I'm going to tell you one of the problems is Andrew Luck. Now, we go back to what we were talking about or what you were talking about. Did he bring him back too quick? Then I want to add one more thing. Did he get hurt even worse with something else? Not the same injury, Cuervo. I'm talking about with something else. Because normally if you go back and you get hurt with the same one, you can usually wrap it up and get ready and and focus in on that one thing. But my question in my mind, it tells me, is this this guy – he, this guy threw for 4,200 yards last year, Cuervo. He threw, um, he threw 31 touchdowns. Now, the big deal here is, Cuervo, this guy took some sacks last year, since he, the same amount as he took as a rookie, at 41 sacks. This guy's – so, obviously, where's the problem? Well, obviously, when you get sacked 41 times, the first thing you're going to do is look at the, the line of scrimmage. Now, did they have some deficiencies on that offensive line? Yes. But if you look at where it ended up happening, this guy always kind of got sacked a lot. So there's a combination up on this thing as far as I don't want to say he's a complete and utter bust, but I'm going to tell you right now, you can get some value for an Andrew Luck right now. Whatever, and it may be a bad decision, but guess what? Whether in the NFL it's – so what have you done for me lately? Well, what has he done for him lately? Eight and seven last year and missed the playoffs. Okay. Year before that, he gets hurt. Mm-hmm. He's two and five. Uh, but since 2014, he hasn't really done much for this football team as far as its success is concerned. That was the last year that he had some success. But I wanted, the, the thing I want to hammer home is you put this team over in the AFC East, they don't make the playoffs, Cuervo. Okay, you put this team over in the AFC North, which is where they need to be, and you move the Baltimore Ravens, if you're going to move them south, you move Baltimore to, to the south, I think. But any other division, Cuervo, this team's not a playoff team. And, 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 right, and frankly, you look at the roster now and see where it's going, you kind of question whether or not it's going to be, because why? Well, 
You don't know about the Texans. The Texans are a football team that seems to figure out how to win divisions with nothing. Okay? All you got to do is go back to 2011, 2012, and then last year and the year before that, they won the, the division. So, and the team in between that won in those, the Indianapolis Colts. So, when you look at the division championships, okay, 2013, 2014. 2014, they went 11 and 5. They were good. The year before that, they won that division again, 11 and 5. But some of those games that they won to get to 11 and 5, Cuervo, would have been so much different compared to what they actually ended up playing. Obviously, they got six games with three bad football teams during that, during that era. You know, in, in the fact that when Houston was bad, they were bad. The Jacksonville Jaguars were always bad. And the Tennessee Titans couldn't get out of their way. They haven't been good since 2008. Okay, here we are nine years later. They're still not a good football team. Well, they're on the rise anyway. So, but that, that goes to what this year is all about. Houston, if they do find a quarterback, even if they don't, this is a football team that seems to battle for that division championship. Now you have Tennessee getting better, Cuervo, with Marcus Mariota figuring out, guess what? The NFL is a different seed. Now, Andrew Luck, is he healthy? Is he ready? Is he mentally ready to take on this division, which is getting better in talent, and they may not be the worst division in football this season? No, they may not be. They may not be, but, I mean, I, I don't know what it is, Sonny. I mean, may, maybe I have to look at their drafting. Maybe they they just haven't drafted very well. Um, you know, I know they've, they've lost some guys due to retirement. You know, I mean, Reggie Wayne goes away. Uh, yeah. He's not there. And, and, you know, people can love T.Y. Hilton all they want, but I don't know. To me, he's just not a guy that that defenses are afraid of. Does that make sense? Like, I, I don't know. Maybe, Absolutely. Maybe I'm, the crazy, maybe I'm the crazy one, but uh, no, I don't. I'm right there with I'm you. A, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, I just don't feel like he's a guy that, um, you know, can really be a a, a difference maker. Not like a Julio Jones or 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 AJ Green or, or yes. Odell Beckham Jr. He's not Antonio Brown. He's he's not those guys. You uh, don't have them. Yeah, but I'm, I mean, it all, it he's all not like Peyton Manning that can make a make a career for a Pierre Garçon. Okay, <laughs> he, he's not a, yeah. he's not that guy. He can't make these guys go from being mediocre to great because he's not Peyton Manning. He doesn't have that talent. Yeah, he doesn't. He he's yeah. You're right. I mean. Nobody knew. Nobody knew who Austin Collie was until Pink Manning was exactly. football. <laughs> Absolutely, <laughs> and he was great when he played with Peyton Manning. Austin Collie yeah. was great. Jacob Tammy, like nobody knew who Jacob Tammy was. <laughs> who was this guy? <laughs> Jacob Tammy. I mean, Jacob freaking Tammy. Now the guy is getting paid big bucks now. Yeah, and how about even when he went to Denver? I mean, Julius Thomas was a guy that was, what, a six-round draft pick? Something like yep. that? I mean, he was – or he might have even been undrafted. If I, I don't remember, but but now now he's in – now he gets traded to Miami, uh, and, and he's and Jacksonville's paying half his salary or however that deal uh, happened. Exactly. 
Marcus Pollard, another guy. Brandon Stokely Cuervo. I mean, Eric yeah. Decker. I mean, we can. I mean, I could go down a list, and I have the list in front of me. I mean, and these are guys you know. I mean, if you follow football like we tend to do, you know who these guys were. I mean, I'm not like naming some obscure name that's out there. You know, th- these are the guys that he made great. Marvin Harrison was great regardless. That was going to happen. Reggie Wayne, he was great. That was uh, now now a guy that might be on the cusp of maybe being great ended up being great. Dallas Clark, Dallas Clark at the tight end position. Okay, so, you know he, he made him but right. Demarius Thomas, Marcus Pollard, Brandon Stokely, Joseph Adai. By the way, he threw to him nuts so uh, in there. So he's in there. Jacob Tanny, like you said, and, and the list goes on. Pierre Garcon, Austin Tolley, Julius Thomas. I, I, that's what Peyton Manning does. Andrew Luck doesn't even sniff a jock on any of these guys right there. He hasn't made anybody better as the quarterback. And with your Indianapolis. Let's be honest, Cuervo, that's what they wanted. They wanted the Peyton Manning type guy, and they just didn't get it. Now, were their expectations too high? No, Cuervo. Remember coming out in the draft? Everybody was dying to get this guy on their roster. Gosh, we wish we could get it. Uh, so there wasn't, like, any mistake on where he was in his draft spot, Um Everybody thought he was number one, although I didn't think he was. You thought he was. I thought he was the number two or number three in the draft at this year. I just can't remember who I thought was number one when he came out. But I do remember he wasn't the top one, I thought. But as far as what, Sonny? As far as when he came out of college. There, were, there was another guy I thought might have been a better choice to grab. Uh, now, at the beginning, obviously, Cuervo, look at this guy in the beginning. They just won three AFC championships and um, and did what they needed to do. Uh, they they well one one year they just made the they made the playoffs and went. But when they won the division, Backley is twelve and four. They won a wild card game, lost in the AFC divisional playoffs. Same thing in two thousand thirteen. They won a wild card game and lost in the division playoffs. The only thing that really kind of pushed them is when they went eleven five. Um, they went, yeah, they went 11-5 in 2014. They lost in the AFC Championship game. I'm sorry, when you have Andrew Luck and you're thinking that his, who he is and what he is coming out of college, Stanford, correct? I think he came out of Stanford. I, I can't yeah, remember he did. that. Yeah, he did. So they had a lot of love for the Stanford boy, but I'm just going to be honest with you. He has not lived up to what I think the Indianapolis Colts were hoping because of his hype coming out of college, Cuervo. There's no question. Mel Kuyper, you, uh, and a lot of other. I thought he was high. I thought he was number two. So that's that's high enough. Everybody knew the guy had the pedigree, but that unfortunately hasn't been able to live up to that pedigree to now because they lose in the AFC Championship in 2014. But every other time that they have been sitting right there, losing the AFC Divisional Playoffs. And one time they lost in a wild card. That was. Uh, 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 no, 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 they didn't. That was the Houston Texans lost in the playoff or a uh, wild card. But you, you catch what I'm saying. No, I mean I get what you're saying. It, it kind, of, it almost seems like it's been it's been reversed as far as you know. You would, normally it's supposed to be you're bad at the beginning and you, you start to get better and better and better as the years go on. Right. Well, in this case, for some weird reason, it seems like it was great at the beginning. But now it's gotten worse as time has gone on. 
And and where it, 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 it's and it doesn't seem like it's going to turn around either right now. So I mean, how does how do you fix this thing? I mean, that's I mean, if, if you're the Indianapolis Colts, let's say let's say you're you're the GM and I'm the head coach, and we're having this conversation right now. Like, what are we supposed to do? How do we turn this thing around? How do we fix our football team? Like, what do we say to each other? Like. What what is the GM and the head coach saying to each other right now as far as how we can turn this thing around? Do we just say, hey, oh, hey, let's hope for the best in the draft and go from there? Or do we start looking at making moves with certain guys? I mean, what what what, what do the Colts do? Absolutely, they got to make moves with the guys. And I'm going to tell you who they go after. You mentioned them in the last segment of this show, Cuervo. And it's like we're on telepathy, by the way, just to let you know. The team that needs to go for AJ McCarron, I think is the I think is the Indianapolis Colts. I, I because because of the division, the tradition of the division. Now it's getting better. We both I, I don't know if you agree with that or not. But I think it's getting better. But AJ AJ McCarron I think proved that that guy can play. Now and not only that, talk about handle pressure. He won a he won a playoff game. I mean, for God's sake, almost this guy won, almost, almost. Won, almost won the damn playoff game that they had no business even being close to. Let's be honest, Square Vote. We didn't think yeah. they'd even come within a mile, okay, after losing, yeah. after losing their, their guy over there um, uh, at took, the quarterback position. Yeah. And, and, the only reason, and the only reason this – yeah, the only reason the Steelers won that game, Sonny, is because of what happened to Antonio Brown. If you remember that playoff game – he took a shot to the to the freaking neck or whatever it was. Yep. And Vontez Burfitt got got a fifteen yard penalty, which put the Steelers in range to to win the football game. If it wasn't yep. for Field that, range. Yeah, if that it game. wasn't for that, that the, the Bengals could have won that game. They could have won. Absolutely. And you know, um, I'm telling yeah, you right I mean, now, I, I I am so I, you know when you brought up AJ McCarron's like we have and folks we don't prep together. At all. I mean, if we, even if I prep at all. We don't get on the phone what we're going to talk about. He headed right into this where I had to say, you throw this shit like you, we knew where we were going. I think A.J. McCarron is a, is a guy that, which, by the way, which I just looked this up, Cuervo, the Browns desperately want A.J. McCarron. And my God, A.J. McCarron's going, God, I got to get to the front office and say, don't do that shit to me. Okay, don't be sending me over to Cleveland. Okay, because that can't happen. Um, You want to talk about kill my career. Please, please trade me to Indianapolis or Houston. Which, by the way, the fact of the matter is when I'm looking at quarterbacks and I want a starter, I want A.J. McCarron. And if I am the Houston Texans, that's who I'm going after. I mean, it, it, it would be I might a, even try, I might even I might even throw in a second round draft pick to try to get him and a couple of other ones, and, and a player. Because well, I, I'm going to tell you right now, no one else has shown any kind of upward movement. Now, wait a minute, this was two years ago, Cuervo. I mean, you know, because last year Andy Dalton was healthy throughout the whole the whole time. You got to be able to build up on that success that he had. This is the last year. If AJ McCarron's the backup quarterback to Andy Dalton, people are going to forget what he did in that playoff game, which in turn, really in reality, was won that game against a tough Pittsburgh Steelers game to, team. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, and it's it's crazy because um, 
even one game can can be a a, a career turning moment for somebody. I mean, look what look what it did for Matt Flynn for God's sake. Mm-hmm. I mean, <laughs> it just happened. But, Absolutely, this um, just happened to him as he was a rookie underneath that rookie contract. Yeah, going back to luck, though, Sonny, I, I, I'm going to go on the other side. I'm, uh, I think I think as far as the Colts are concerned, I think you get rid of everyone else. I, if I'm the Colts, I say everybody except Andrew Luck is available for trade. And the reason I say that is because I think Luck is a guy that you absolutely have to build around. Okay? Mm-hmm. Your number one, if, if I'm the Colts, my number one priority Get Andrew Luck right, health-wise. Get him, get him right. Get him healthy. Whatever he needs, I don't care. It's almost like you're going to pamper yeah. him, okay? Because I, you need him come week one of the 2016 or 2017-18 season. Without you need him to be 100%. Now he's only 27 years old. He's a little bit older than I thought he was. Um, but I tell you, right now, Sonny. Compared to the other quarterbacks around the league, the culture, they're, they're, they are making out very nicely, okay? You know how much Andrew Luck's getting paid right now? $12 million. Exactly. That, and remember that, that contract? Everybody thought it was crazy out of this world when he signed it. They, they were, the, the Colts were nuts for signing that contract. I remember that like it was yesterday. Yeah, and, and, and that was his that was his salary last year. Now it might be going up, going to, you know next year it could be fourteen or fifteen or something like that. But still, you think about the other quarterbacks in the in the league that are making that amount of money. You mean to tell me you would take those guys over a young Andrew Luck? I seriously doubt it. And I hear you. You're looking it up right now, aren't you, Sonny? How much are these quarterbacks making? So, <laughs> as a matter of fact, I am looking it up as we now, as we look at Andrew Luck's contract, as he is yeah. scheduled to make this season. He's scheduled to make get this square vote. You, what a bargain in reality! The, the the we don't care about the cap hits. Those are irrelevant. This is what the guys right. He he's nineteen and a half million towards the towards the cap. Okay, hard cap. But what they get, what this guy is getting, is actually more than you think in reality. His base salary is seven million. Okay, he also gets a signing bonus of six point four, which makes it thirteen point four. But the reality of the sense, he gets a roster spot, which costs the uh, Colts another six thousand. So he's making nineteen and a half million dollars. However, that being said, Cuervo. That is a lot of money when you add the roster bonus that he gets. And that is a big number. And not only that, the Indianapolis Colts really got a thought to do, do because in 2019, Cuervo, that roster spot hits $12 million just to be on the roster after that date. So um, the, the crazy numbers that, that I mean, $19.5 million. That is a lot of money uh, for and, – and now, here's one thing I'll tell you, Cuervo. I think the guy deserves it. There is no question about that. Um, but when you look at some of the top, the top salaries that are in, uh, in, in the football at the quarterback position, 
let's let this thing load, and I'll tell you what they are. Uh, there we go. All right, so Kirk Cousins, Cuervo, mm-hmm. you, you, you're, I'm going to prove your point right here. Kirk Cousins, $23.9 million. That's a base. Oh, yeah. That, that, that's a base he's bringing. Okay, $29 million. Ryan Tannehill, 19.9, okay? I mean, those are 2017. Those are the highest ones. Now, Matthew Stafford, you want to talk about a team getting off cheap, 16.5 million. I think that's cheap in reality. Brock Osweiler is getting paid $16 million, Cuervo. Now, when I look at these guys that we're talking about, Kirk Cousins, Ryan Tannehill, without question, Brock Osweiler, okay, you're making out like a bandit with what oh, you've yeah. got with Andrew Luck. The question yep. here is then is if you get past that Cuervo, and we're talking about Matt Ryan who's making 17.7, or I'm sorry, mark that, $15.7 million. Carson Palmer is making $15 million. That proved your point, though. Philip Rivers, $14 million, which, by the way, why can't they pull Philip Rivers out of San Diego or whatever city they're in now? I, I mean, I think going there, I think going after big time on that. Um, that having been said, fourteen million. Sam Bradford, you know, Cam Newton, Cam Newton Cuervo, his base salary is thirteen point one million. Andy Dalton, thirteen point one million. So the 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 base salaries are totally different. Because you have to add up the roster bonus and the signing bonus up on top of it. But if you just go by base, which is and Andrew Andrew Luck is definitely a bargain. Because when you let me hit the control F and go L U C K, Andrew Luck is at seven million at a base. So you got to pretty much throw in because that's really not a salary and everybody knows it. But but if you go by base. They're getting. You're right. They're getting a huge, huge bargain. Right. <clears throat> and I, and and I'm almost willing to bet that T. Y. Hilton probably makes just as much, if not more, money than Andrew Luck does. And uh, that right more, a, eight million dollars. That's on that the is a problem. In it, that is a problem in itself, right there, Sonny. When a wide receiver makes more money than your quarterback that you consider your franchise quarterback, your, your GM sucks. I'm just going to straight up say it. Your, your GM <laughs> sucks. There's no reason. There is no reason why your quarterback should be making less money than anybody else. He should be the highest paid player on your team. Hands down, no questions asked about it, because he is the most important player on your football team. That's why certain teams got it right, and other teams don't. Look at Absolutely. New England. You can, hate them all, you can hate them all you want, but Tom Brady is probably their highest-paid player. And, and that's because he's Tom Brady and because the Patriots don't overpay for the glory positions, for the, for the, uh, the diva guys, you know, these receivers yep. and, and, and all, these, all these other guys. They don't pay 
They don't over. I do you think they couldn't come up with with an agreement with with uh, with Adrian Peterson? They couldn't even come up with one of the best backs. And and Adrian Peterson either a wants too much money, which in other turn, I I, I I'm just gonna say it, Cuervo. Adrian Peterson is a money hungry hound, okay, that doesn't care about winning. And I'm gonna tell you the reason why is he didn't go to. The Patriots. He couldn't figure out a number with the Patriots. That tells me he's more about the money than he is about the game. Now, if he was truly, if he was truly about the game and he wanted to, there was no better landing place for Adrian Peterson this year than the New England Patriots. Why is that, Cuervo? Because they would have got a backup running back that could have done just as good of a job, but he can still got that ring. Okay, period. That's my problem with Adrian Peterson, amongst other things. But, you know, I think we're a little bit too quick to forgive Adrian Peterson. I don't know. Maybe it's me. I don't know. But the simple fact of the matter is when I see him, what he's doing as far as, you know, wanting a certain amount of money, I understand that you don't want to take your, take, you know, take money off the table in the NFL. I get it. Adrian Peterson's made millions and millions of dollars. It shouldn't be about the money at this point. Now, that having been said, why he is he doing it? I don't know. But I'm going to tell you right now, Adrian Peterson not landing in the Patriots is a testament on Adrian Peterson and not the Patriots. Oh, yeah, exactly, Sonny. And I think people are scared. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier. I think people are nervous and a little bit scared about you know, is, you know, is this guy going to stay healthy? Are we going to actually get out of him what we're paying him for? And teams just don't want to pull the trigger. They, they, they don't think that they're going to get what they should out of him. And honestly, Sonny, I can't blame them. I don't blame teams for, for I mean, hell, I, I, you know, I, I know I messaged you about Tony Romo. Uh, but there, there's a there's a situation going on in Oakland too, where uh, a running back is is trying to sign with with the Oakland Raiders, and I'll give you a hint, it's not Adrian Peterson. Nope. And and I have this story too, and I, I just got a funny thought about the whole thing when I heard about it. You're right, Quervo. Another thing that we're talking about here on the Couch Potatoes Book Show is that being said. And and I'll tell you that when I heard about this, it, it something came to my mind. Probably shouldn't have. It, it's just sometimes when when I start thinking about certain things and when things happen, I try to get to reality of it. Okay, let's be honest. I think, and it might be me. I think the fact that we're talking about in this in this whole thing, Cuervo. Okay. Regarding running backs and everything and, and playing and everything, when you look at Marshawn Lynch, okay, who is being touted and ready to go with the Raiders. Now, the simple fact of the matter is, we, I think reality hit Marshawn Lynch, okay? And it's not about reality of football, Cuervo. It's not. It's about the reality of his lifestyle. And, and and I'm going to put it out there, and I'm probably I you know I think the fact that he's seen his bank book before he went into quote unquote retirement, and then the year when the money wasn't coming in, what it looks like now. 
I honestly believe Marshawn Lynch looked in and said, whoa, look at my spending this last year. And look, oh, my God, look how much of a bite that actually took out of my money. So, I, you know, there's a, uh, we're on Sunday morning. I think Marshawn Lynch, I think you got to come to Jesus. And now he's going to play football again. And maybe he'll change it. Will he change his attitude? Will he change the way he thinks about it? I don't know. But I think he got to come to Jesus when he took a look at the bank book at the end of 2016, Cuervo. Yeah. No, I, I get you. I get you, Sonny. It, it, I'll tell you what, though. <clears throat> if this happens and he comes out of retirement and, and he becomes a Raider, um, I think it's going to work out great for both sides. You know, obviously, uh, Marshawn is a, is an Oakland guy, and I know they're not in Oakland anymore officially, but... Um, oh, no, they are, Cuervo. Seattle's not out of it. Seattle has to decide to release him or trade him, Cuervo. Well, Cuervo, hold on a second. That they may or may not want to do. That just depends on what that relationship really is over there, Cuervo. And that's the, that's the part we'll never know. That's the part. I'm going to tell you right now, if he did him wrong in some way that we don't know about, because even though we hear a lot, if he did him wrong, the Seahawks can say, you know what? Screw you. Screw you. Be done with it. But, but I don't think they do it without a trade, Cuervo. They're going to get something for Marshawn Lynch. I don't think that the Seattle Seahawks are dumb enough just to let this guy go and just end up on the on the Raiders. I just don't think they are. And I will, and, and the businessman in me says, "Oh, hell no! You're not just going to let this guy walk off my roster and go right into another camp." And now that's the businessman in me. Now those guys are smarter than I am. Maybe I don't know. They they can throw money away. I can't. The businessman says to me, "I'm getting something for my money. I ain't releasing Marshawn Lynch to save his life." And, and put the pressure on the Oakland Raiders. How bad do you really want Marshawn Lynch? And see what can come from it. And that's exactly what I would do. Uh, and, and you might be right, Sonny. Um, I, I, I mean, my only thing is, you know, Seattle's got enough headaches going on oh, yeah. within, within players that actually are still playing for them. So, for how long is that up for debate? Yep. Yeah, for yeah, for how long? Is it, I mean, in your honest opinion, Sonny, how long do you think they allow this Marshawn Lynch thing to drag along? If it's true that he's considering coming back and and, and playing for a team, you know, that's not the Seahawks. Now, how do they really want to deal with? that headache on top of the other headaches that they have, or do they just say, ah, the hell with it, and let him go, and they get a third-round, second-round pick, whatever, for him? Well, but at least they get that part. At least they get that part, Cuervo. And now I don't know what Marshawn Lynch would be getting in a draft as far as a pick. Third round, fourth round, fifth round, I don't know. I get something. And is it worth the headache? Hell yes. Because you, you you hear players. I mean, they're not – now, granted, I'm not saying they'll get him, but, you know, you, you get that diamond in the rough. You get that Tom Brady. You get that Dak Prescott in the fourth round. You get these guys that actually can play on this level. You just never know what can become of that pick. 
And that's why, and we go back to the draft, Cuervo, the draft is so interesting in reality because of what can be, what could happen. Could it be that third or fourth rounder that turns out to be the next Tom Brady or Dak Prescott or whatever the case may be? Can they prove them wrong that it doesn't necessarily have to be the top five guys in this league, you know, that are considered within the draft that will be superstars? It's what you can the, – the fact of what they can possibly get, regardless what round that they get for him, but I don't see him for – I don't foresee them releasing him at all. And, but that trade, that, that the considerations or whatever the case may be, Marshawn Lynch has value, especially now. Why? Marshawn Lynch wants to play now. So it's a big difference. When Marshawn Lynch didn't want to play and he said, hell, I'm not going to come back, if that guy didn't show up at a training camp or an off-season camp that showed that he's interested, yeah, maybe I'll release him. Maybe I'll just be done with him. But at the same time, Cuervo, when you see that value right there, it doesn't hurt him. They don't have to pay him. He's retired. You don't have to pay that contract. So him sitting at home making nothing would be the best kick in the ass as far as the Seattle Seahawks are concerned, towards a player that may have been a problem for him, which, by the way, Cuervo, let's just be honest, Marshawn Lynch was a pain in the ass for that football team. And they, but, you know, certain times you, you deal with that pain in the ass. Like when you're winning Super Bowls, making the playoffs, making a deep run in the playoffs. But then that goes back to what's going on with um, Richard Sherman. Now that they haven't made a couple of playoffs, now that they haven't made the Super Bowl, now Richard Sherman is publicly being shopped, okay? Not just, you know, we'll make some calls and see if someone's interested. They publicly came out and said, you want Richard Sherman? Our number is 800 Seahawks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And, and you mean, I, I, I don't know. I don't know if it's, if it's the best idea to because you know to, to trade him Sonny and, and at, at first I was all about it I was like yeah you know if he's going to be this way then they should let him go here's the thing though and somebody I forgot who it was I forgot who it was that brought up this point if you have zero stability on one side of your cornerback position then why the hell would you get rid of the one guy that you know is always there. Your, your number yeah. one corner. Is it worth it? Because he likes to, you know, run, run his, his mouth. mouth here and there. Is it really worth it? And, and you know, obviously the, the knee-jerk reaction is, yeah, it is. We don't want big mouths like that on our football team. <clears throat> yeah, and I know we talked about this last week, and we were all about it. However, you know, I had to take a step back and really think about it. It's like, but if Seattle does this, where do they stand now as far as their, you know, on the field? You know, because you think about the what, uh, you know, where do they stand now if they're playing a team that has a big-time wide receiver? Are they going to have a guy that can shut him down? And let's be honest, I mean, one of the big key components of, of having a Super Bowl team, Super Bowl caliber team, you got to have a shutdown corner. You got to have a guy that can take away your best receiver. And if Richard Sherman leaves Seattle, that's gone. You, you don't have that anymore. You don't have mm-hmm. that anymore with the 
with uh, without Richard Sherman. So what does that do for the Seahawks as a football team? You know, as a football do... team, it takes them from giving up the only 18 and 19 points a game up to 24 and 25, and that's where you lose football games, Cuervo. I mean, that's, exactly. and that's a fact. That, and that, that's a fact. Last year, they only gave up um, 18 and a half points a game last year, okay, with Richard Sherman in there, okay? Right, uh, so, right. So now you lose the guy who is the big mouse, but it, let's be honest, I'll even say he can back up his bowl up out on the football field. So you, you, you go from 18 and a half points to close to – you've got to add seven. You've got to add seven. Seven points when you lose a Sherman. So your 18 and a half points takes you right up to 24, 25 points. And when you're giving up that many points in the NFL, you're not winning football games. You're not making the playoffs. And you could be a mad, you could be the laughing stock of the NFL if it gets that bad. Because why? Because you traded away the guy that kept you down at 18.5, more so that puts you in a, in a situation where you're winning football games. How many games, Clairvo, are decided up on three points and it's that one play that Richard Sherman can make? Oh, a lot. A lot. I would say probably half of their games are decided that way. Yeah. I mean, hell, Richard Sherman, you can make the argument, uh, he's the guy that took them to, to the first Super Bowl, the one that they actually... Absolutely. When they, when they, when they beat Denver, I mean, he's the guy that that got him there. So, and you got him, and like I said, Cuervo, as a franchise, you got to make that decision. But, you know, so the fact of the matter is, you're not going to get 18 and a half points with a rookie. You can go out and get the best one that's in the draft. I don't even know who it is, nor do I care. Okay? But that's not going to do them any good. Never mind that. They're low on the draft point. They're not going to get the best one. Period. So, so you lose out in the draft regardless, okay, because someone's going to grab up that guy, okay? The best mm-hmm. corner is going to be picked before Seattle gets up on the board. You'll also lose Richard Sherman. Then you're going to try to fill the shoes of Richard Sherman, which, by the way, if they were going to do that queer vote, they needed to do that weeks ago when the, when the trade, trade thing opened, when the free agents were out there and ready to go. Guess what? They didn't. They haven't filled this position yet, but they're talking about trading them away. So the the only logical trade, Cuervo, is they're going to have to get a cornerback along with the trade. Because if they don't, and it's got to be quality, and it might be the guy that gives up, you know, that's on a team that only gives up 20 points a game, maybe 21. But you're still not going to get the you're – you're not, you're not going to get the quality. Now, this all goes with what I was talking about at the beginning of the season, Cuervo. This thing blew up like I just wrote the book. And I knew exactly where this thing was going. Not only that, I didn't know it at the beginning of this year. I knew it in the middle of last season because we were talking about it on this show. Sometimes you've got to make a decision as a franchise. But when you're the Seattle Seahawks, okay, you were in oblivion before you had Richard Sherman. Plain and simple. You're going to give away the franchise that got you to where you're at. Like you said, he took them right to that Super Bowl, got in the Super Bowl ring. Without question, that's what happened. And now as a franchise, you're making that huge decision about your future, and it's not going to include the guy that got you there before. 
Why? Because of his antics. Why? Because you've got a stonewall ego head coach as well and Pete Carroll that these two butt heads when they start losing. Now, there's no question, and I know this for a fact, that when you're on a football team and you start losing, the love that you got for a certain player, you can go up and tell him that he sucks to his face, and it can either A, be a motivator, or B, it could be a detriment. And when you're losing and when someone comes up and says that you suck, it's a detriment. So somewhere along the way, some attitudes have got to change a little bit if you're determined to stay on this football team if they expect to get back to the playoffs and make a deep run maybe to the Super Bowl. Sure. And, and I mean, you know, my question is, you know, we, we, we're sitting here and we're talking about, man, I can't believe Rick Sherman would, you know, I, I can't believe he's like this. Man, if, if I was if I was the GM, if I was Pete Carroll, I'd be telling him this, 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 and this. You know what I wonder, though, Sonny? Has, has Pete Carroll or has the GM actually sat down and talked to him? Good point. Because I, 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 I honestly don't know that answer. And maybe. I, do. I, I know, know the answer to that question. I know that because I've talked to many coaches within the NFL and on lower levels, okay? And the, the consensus of every single coach that I've ever talked to, Cuervo, is a coach doesn't want to get into his guy's head. It's okay if another team is trying to get in there because he can teach himself around how to get in your head. He knows how to block those punches. He knows how to defend it. But when your own coach is coming to get into your head, it's different. And you can say whatever you want, okay? This football player makes probably 10 times the amount of money that these coaches make. Okay, so when he's got the the secondary coach who makes maybe $250,000 a year come and telling him how to play the game, that, first of all, it doesn't happen. And second of all, you can't afford for that $250,000 guy to go in to get into Richard Sherman's head because that will affect the way he plays the game. And my consensus from all the coaches is that you can't let that happen, especially with a guy that can bring it week in and week out, which obviously Richard Sherman can. Right. Right. And I mean, that's, I, 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 my take on it, Sonny, is just that for a guy as talented as Sherman is, um, is it worth letting him walk or is it worth getting rid of him just because, you know, he had time to make Makes outlandish remarks. I mean, I don't. I don't know. I'm not saying it's okay, and that's why I'm wondering if they've actually spoke to Richard Sherman about this, about you know him him making comments in the public and whatnot. Um, now, if they have and it just continues, what that tells me he has he has zero regard for the people that he works for, and maybe at that point it's like okay. It just isn't going to work. And, and, and yeah, you, you get rid of them. If it's something where they've actually never sat down with him or maybe they only sat down with him once, 
So, like, okay, Richard, you can't do that. Like, they got to be serious about it. Like, this is exactly, this is, you know, this is serious business. And you can't, yeah, you can have your opinion and nobody's saying you can't. But my gosh, man, like, if you got what are you doing with, with, if you got an issue with the, with the, with the play calling or which you, you have no business, like you have no say so in it, but if you, you have a suggestion or whatever, like don't go to the media and say anything. Like come to us, talk to us, be like, hey, coach, I think we can do this because I noticed this about their defense or whatever. Like that's how you, that's good business right there. Like that's, yeah. that's being a, a team player, you know, not – Hey, I'm gonna go to the public and say what I want to say. Like that's bad. So yeah. this is a guy that know how to shut his mouth. And we talk about these kind of guys all the time on this show. How they talk themselves out of jobs, and if and if he doesn't watch it, he can talk himself out of Seattle. Because I'm gonna tell you right now, there's not a team in the NFL that wouldn't want Richard Sherman on his football team, and I don't care what they say publicly. Yeah. Because my thing is, son, you know, it's easy to point the finger at the guy that's, that's talking or whatever. But my thing is, well, have, has anybody tried to listen to what he actually has to say? And so maybe point. he does. Maybe he does make, make suggestions and they just brush him off. And, and, it could be. And that's, because and that's his way as, of saying, I told you so. Yeah, because I'll tell you, these coaches, they have the same thing. That he has. They have egos. And sometimes they don't want to listen to that crap, and I understand. Makes sense. All right, guys, we're going to take a quick break here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. When we come back, we're going to obviously talk more. There's lots of other things that we're going to talk about here on the show. Uh, That being said, on a Sunday morning, we'll be back. In 1998, Scooter's Coffee was born. Co-founders Don and Linda Eccles began their amazing journey when they opened up their first drive through coffee house in Bellevue, Nebraska. Their motto is, amazing people serving amazing drinks amazingly fast. Scooter's only roast from the top 10% specialty coffee beans in the world. And their specialty, the Caramelicious. If you're new to Scooter's, you can't go wrong with ordering this rich velvety caramel gem. So make sure you check out Scooter's Coffee, located at Rowlett Road in the 66 with a convenient drive-thru so you can get onto your business real quick. That's Scooter's Coffee, located in Rowlett. selling your home could be the single most important decision you make in your life. You need someone with the experience and know-how to help you through this decision. Brian Chadwick of JP and Associate Realtors has you covered. Knowing the specifics of the Rowlett and Rockwall area is his specialty. Contact Brian at 972-533-9059 or visit him on the web at brianchadwick.jphomesforsale.com that's Brian with a Y, not Nye Chadwick, dot jphomesforsale.com. At Chang Lee's Taekwondo, learn the art of self-defense, discipline, respect, physical development, and mental focus. 
Become the best that you can be. At Chang Lee Saekwondo, we offer an after-school program, fitness kickboxing, birthday parties, summer camp, and homeschool classes. Check out our one-year anniversary special. Two weeks and a free uniform for $19.99. That's right, $19.99 gets you two weeks and the free uniform. Check out Chang Lee's at 469-506-4483 or visit them on the web at mychanglees.com. This is Sonny Clark, radio voice of your Rowlett Eagles, letting you know about the Mitchell Law Firm. Looking for a bankruptcy attorney in Rowlett? Talk directly to your bankruptcy attorney, not their paralegal. Get a personal touch directly from Greg Mitchell. The Mitchell Law Firm handles a wide variety of bankruptcy-related matters, including litigation arising out of bankruptcy matters in state as well as federal court. We represent both individual and small business debtors in Chapter 7, Chapter 11, and Chapter 13 bankruptcies. For more information, come in contact with Greg Mitchell at 972-463-8417. That's 972-463-8417. Or visit him on the web at www.mitchellps.com. Are you in need of an electrician in the Rowlett, Rockwall, or Saxe area? What kind of electrical work needs to be done, residential, business, or industrial? Contact Allen Bauer Electric for all of your electrical needs. It's important to have a qualified licensed electrician taking care of any electrical problems you may be having, so your loved one or customers are safe. We have built our business on quality for a fair price, and good customer service, but of course... Give Alan Bauer Electric a call at 214-356-0197 and tell him Sonny sent you. Alan Bauer Electric, proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Hi, back up on the Sports Show with me, Sonny Clark, the hardest working man in sports radio. It's Sunday morning, this is that being said, we got Cuervo online, talking a lot of things that have been going on this week in the NFL, and we'll be getting to some NBA, we had some dumb things happen, Cuervo already knows where I'm going, as soon as I said that, he knows where I'm going, but that having been said, it is Sunday morning, and what we do best is talk the NFL, and we were just talking about a guy that that has such an impact out on his football team that a football team is very much in trouble right now because of what is going on. And we get to the relationships of whether they are a good head coach or not a good head coach. All that part is irrelevant when it comes down to the final thing that happens. It's all about the W square, though. So the Seahawks have got a huge decision to make when it comes to Richard Sherman after they publicly say you can have him. And that's another thing. You know, I don't know what Richard Sherman's mental capacity of being able to accept that business is business. I think he does. But I think also on another way that when you have a Richard Sherman, and this goes back to the, you know, you know, you know patting him on the head and making him feel, you still got to be a little bit careful about how you get rid of Richard Sherman more so. Not only that, he could come back and snap off and bite you in the butt later on, whether it be in the Super Bowl or a playoff game, you know, or whatever the case may be, depending on where he ends up at. 
Yeah, I mean, Sherman's a smart guy, Sonny. I mean, you know, he's got a Stanford education. You know, he's not, he's not, he's no dumb dumb. Okay? He's a smart dude. I just think that uh, his uh, his personality really, it's, it's like a, it's like a, it's like a firecracker. You just don't know it, if it's going to go off or if it's just going to be like, a dud, um, you know, like a like a dud, exactly, and and you're hoping dud because that means he's staying quiet. But there's those times where when when <laughs> when you when when he gets fired up and, and he goes off, it's, it's it's hard for him to slow down and and realize what he's doing. So you know, he's just a bit he's a very opinionated person, Tony. That and we're not used to that. You know, a lot of people don't like. When people are very opinionated like that, and sometimes you don't know how to how to handle it, but but you know, I mean, I I think a lot of things, and we we talk about it all the time, is just gotta learn how to keep stuff in house. Don't air the dirty laundry out, and uh, that that's what that's what the Seahawks need to do is just. Like I said, I mean, I I don't know if they've actually spoke to him or or. If they've actually tried to resolve this thing, or they just jump to conclusions like, oh, he, he, he's opening his mouth again, guys. We've got to get rid of him. Like, yep. I mean, at least try to resolve, you know, resolve it before you actually make a decision like that. I don't know. That's just me, though. That's yeah. just me. Uh, in, in going back on how is it going to affect it. And then then you've got the other dynamic square row of that. A move like that, How's it going to affect the rest of the team's mentality at the same time, too? There's a lot of things that when someone's going to make a decision about the future of their franchise with, arguably, the franchise himself, you can call Russell Wilson the franchise of that or whatever the case may be. But that mm-hmm. having been said, you know, you also got to see what's going to happen. Now, on that side, they got a lot of defensive players on that football team that is good. They just lost one to injury towards the end of the season. I forget his name. It, it should pop into my head one of these, you know, but uh, when they lost that guy, it was a big, big time loss for them. But at the same thing, Squarevo, you, you needed to have a Richard Sherman who can feed, you know, move them through, feed them through, get them going. And the, the, you, you still got to ask yourself the question, you know, you know, you know, if you get rid of this guy, how's the rest of the team going to move forward without him? And that's a mental thing. That is what you're going to get out on the football field. That's when, at, let's just be honest, Cuervo, that's when the pressure of being a coach really falls up on the shoulders of those coaches. It does, Sonny, because, in reality, either way you go, you're going to have people criticizing you. Whether it's you keep him and you're like, oh, why didn't you keep him? He's such a big mouth. He's, he's that. Or you just have to trade him away. Oh, how could you get rid of one of the best corners in the league? Yeah, so what if he talks? But, but at least he backs it up and, and he, you know, he uh, uh, is up. You know, he produces and, and whatever. So either way, either way, you're going to be the bad guy. If you're Pete right. Carroll, you're going to be the bad guy no matter what happens. So, um, which whatever decisions that the Seahawks decide to go, whichever way they decide to go, they're going to have to face the reality of there's somebody that's going to be out there that thinks they know more that's going to say you messed up. 
You made a mistake. Yep. You, you screwed it all up. So, I don't know. That, yep. that's, that's just that's just the way it goes, Sonny. I mean, it sucks to be in that situation, but that's why you get paid, you know, the big bucks as a head coach or as a GM. Yeah, absolutely. You're the ones that are making the – you know, the the decision really in reality of whether or not your football team is going to be good, bad, or indifferent the next season or for the rest of the year, for that matters, depending on what what you do. So um, that having been said, that the the name of this show, uh, we're talking a little bit about what happens when you get a guy like a Richard Sherman and then, and, and you know, that becomes the guy that becomes the focus for the wrong reason. Sometimes that's all you got to do is look at Richard Sherman and I'm sorry. He, he creates some unneeded press for his football team and for a team that that's, you know, you, you can usually soak it up because there's so many members of a football team. But, you know, and, and to kind of segue this into some stupidity that happened this week, Cuervo, all we got to do is look to the NBA. All we, well, maybe not the NBA, but, you know, going from college to the NBA, there's one player out there that is demanding a lot of focus of your attention if you're an NBA guy. And then he's got a mouthpiece that won't shut up. And I'm talking about a dad. And, you know, Cuervo, oh, this is, let's just dive into the stupidity of what this guy's all about. Now, we all know when you're talking basketball, and there's just certain names that come to mind when you go there. And we talked about this guy's – Monte Ball is a guy, Cuervo – that is really, really making it tough on his own son to create his own path in the NBA, Cuervo. And it, it's almost really, really bad. <laughs> yeah, real bad. Um, I, I, I've heard enough from this. I know who you're talking about, Sonny. I know exactly who you're talking about. I mean, I, I, thought, I, I thought I had heard it all when – he tried to say he would beat uh, the GOAT, MJ, in a mm-hmm. one-on-one matchup. I really yeah. thought that that was like, okay, that's, he's done. No, right. no, no. Now he's, now he's pointing the finger at other players on why they didn't beat Kentucky in, in the uh, Sweet 16 game or whatever it was a few weeks ago. Right. And, and those same guys that he's pointing the fingers at, actually, from what I, from what I remember – scored more points in that game than his own son did. So, you know, to sit here and blame everyone else, eh, wrong answer, man. Wrong answer. So, yeah, and not only that. It's laughable. Yeah, he's a laughable guy. And it goes back to the fact that you're talking about, you know, a couple weeks ago, not a month ago, where he says that he can beat Michael Jordan in a one-on-one right even right now. You know, Listen, you, you know Sonny's not really a particular fan of, of uh, Michael Jordan. I'm not. Personally, I think he's a disgusting human being. But I'll tell you right now, the man can play basketball, and I'm sorry, he is the GOAT, um, I, and I hate him. I, 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 hate, I hate saying that about the guy because, I, because frankly, I, you know, 
you know, now that we're talking NBA and, you know, we're talking Oscar Robinson because of what uh, one young man's doing in Oklahoma City, uh, you know, what he did for one year that Oscar Robinson did for five years in a row, uh, we're getting some, you know, we're going back to old school. We're getting to where Sonny, you know, gets fired up about basketball. But when you've got what's going on today, which is, you know, a mouthpiece, which means this is what it is. His dad is his actual agent, which, by the way, is against the rules. And he's he's and, and you can't tell me he, that that he has not talked in a representation of his son to NBA basketball teams. You can't tell me that. I'm not falling for it. I might be. I might have been born, but I wasn't born yesterday. Uh, you know. So and then you got a guy up on top of it that might have killed his brand just with his statements that he made. You know that. Really, in reality, and I'll just put it out there, Cuervo, it may be understood. It may be that that thing that is what you call profiling in a certain way. White people are slow. and it, But those are the kind of things that you don't say in reality uh, because of the magnitude of what it is. Now, one of the things that I am glad that has been brought out is the fact that they're not letting them get away with it, Cuervo, because if we would say something along the same lines that was the profile of a black person that played in the NBA, they'd be all over us like white on rice, Cuervo, flies on poop. We oh, wouldn't be able boy. to get them off our backs, Cuervo. And I am glad, and it's not because, it's not because I, I, I'm just tired of that kind of nonsensical talk that happens all over the place. This you want to say that stuff in a bar with all your friends and everything? Wonderful. But what he just did, Cuervo, is he just ruined his son's brand, you know, in reality because of his relationship with, and I'm just going to say it, and I don't care what anybody says. This guy's a bigot, straight-up bigot, and more in the fact that if we heard that from him, how worse does it get? wherever, later on down the road, once you make a statement like that, that blanket statement that white people get criticized for every single day, but the fact that this guy's getting banged up in the media, it's about time. And I'll tell you that because it still goes on to this day. And I'll give you an example. And I didn't watch one second of it, okay? It was a show called Blackish. I'm not watching it. Why? Because it caters to the, the stereotype of a black person, but yet, since they're black producers and everything else, it's acceptable. That show is quite possibly the most racist show that's on TV, and I don't need to watch a second of it just by the name of the show. And, and the fact that, oh, it's okay for them to, to be that way, but yet it comes back up on the, the what? We gotta blast this guy, and not only that, we gotta blast him out of any kind of notoriety, and have ESPN stop contacting this guy before he makes another stupid statement, or for that matter, just get him out of the public eye, which is where he obviously doesn't know how to live in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I this is a this is a tough road to go down, Sonny. But since we're on the subject. You know, um, there are there are that that ten percent that prove the point 
for you know for the ones that that uh, have those type of uh, you know statements about certain races or whatever. Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, like yeah. the, I mean, I hate to say it, but it's like, you know, he's the example of, well, they wonder why they have the reputation they have. You know, because yeah. They just, they don't know when to stop. Like, it's enough. That's enough. Like, nobody else wants to hear anything else about, you know, about how your son is the greatest thing since sliced bread. I'm telling you. Exactly. Imagine all the backlash he's going to get if his if, – if, and none of his kids make it past four years in the NBA. Let's just throw a number out there. Exactly. If none of them make it past that, then he's going to get – he's going to get a lot of backlash from people. And there's, there's not going to be anybody there to help back him up. Everybody's gonna be like, "Well, you should have probably just shut up." So, you know. Yeah, he, he would have been able to. You know what? He should have let his son build his brand instead of Levar Ball trying to build yeah. the brand. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Absolutely, absolutely. But you know, that's neither here nor there, Sonny. Um, it, it, it's one of it's one of those things where you know, and I've said it before there on the show, and I'll say it again. Listen, there's no place for it, regardless who it's being brought against. Regardless, I'll, and that includes white people. Okay, now you want to live with the stereotype with your buddies down the road. That's absolutely fine. You want to live with that stereotype, you know, in your mind if that's what you want to be, and. and and here's the thing about the stereotype, Corvo. I'm not going to sit and argue the stereotype, okay? But, you know, I mean, all you got to do is look at fact, okay? But let's, let's just, if we put it at fact, obviously, as far as where everything lies, as far as the NBA, it is predominantly black, and there's not too many white players out that play in the NBA, if it's just the way that it is, and it's a stere- that's not a stereotype, that's a fact, okay? Now, if he wanted to make a statement about that in a different way, to where it didn't come out as a stereotype that really kind of, you know, puts a label on someone, that's fine. He can talk about that. But the way that he brought it up and the way that it was sound, and, and his excuses is that it got twisted. It didn't get twisted at all, okay, because you thought you were talking to your buddies in the bar, okay, and not to ESPN on a you know, national level. So, you know, this is a guy that really needs to learn, needs to learn the lesson to how to shut up. And not not necessarily go away, but he needs to definitely take a backseat to his son so his son can be the thing that people are talking about and not his dad. And and unfortunately, they're talking about his dad on a negative level. Oh, big time. Big time. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost like people are making fun of him now. 
You know, I've Absolutely. heard like, man, you know, this guy, this guy's, you know, guy's talking. Um, you know, at first it was just kind of like, all right, you know, he's hyping up his son, and and, I, and we get it. You know what I mean? Like he he's proud of his son, whatever the case may be. But then he started going off the deep end and saying crazy stuff like, well, even I could have, you know, I'll I'll be Barkley in the game right now. I'll do this and that right now, and um. You know, it just it just, it seems like okay. What's he going to say next? And a lot of people are like, "Well, you're following with bad breath." Yeah, and and a lot of people are like, "Well, if you're if you're sitting here paying attention to what he's saying and you're you're it's bothering you, you're you're falling right into what he wants, and that's the marketing side of it." Well, I don't think it's really marketing, Sonny. That that's not, that's bad marketing if that's. It's bad marketing. <laughs> Real bad marketing. Uh, and all we got to do is, all we got to do, Cuervo, is look at the marketing. And usually, when it comes to marketing, okay, they want that clean, pure guy. All you got to do is take a look at Tiger Woods and the way that people abandoned ship on him like he was the Titanic. Okay? Right. That's all you got to do is look at that and realize that LeVar Ball might be even bigger than the Titanic. Not only are they going to bail, they're not even going to get on board, okay, to, to where they'd have to bail, where they'd have to abandon ship. They're not even going to get on board with them. So those big, those big endorsements that he expected to get Cuervo, they're gone. I, and, and maybe in a couple of years he might be able to get some of them. But as far as what's going to happen in the next few years, I'm going to watch this like a hawk because I'll be very interested to see who and actually what product will take that step, knowing that LeVar Ball is behind his son and actually be able to forgive him. And unfortunately, this is what happens to his son, Alonzo. Alonzo has to be afforded a second chance before he even got a first, not because of his own actions, but because of his father. Yeah, and, and the more he talks, the, the uh, you know, the, the, the worse his marketing ability, especially if he winds up in, a, you know, in L.A. But here, here's yep. the thing, too. Could, could I make the argument, Tony, that, the more that his father talks, um, his draft stock starts to fall because you really think it's. Oh, you mean he ends up on the Pelicans? <laughs> right, right. Because here's, here's the deal: when you draft, when you draft a guy like Lonzo Ball, are you drafting him or are you drafting him and his dad? Dad, is it exactly. A deal? Are you? Is it a package deal or? Is it going to be a case of, okay, once he gets to the NBA, then, then he stays quiet? Or mm-hmm. does it continue and he's like, well, you know, the city of whatever, wherever he gets drafted, well, that city should be throwing parades for my son, blah, 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 blah. And, you know, they should be making shoes named after him. They should make a statue outside of the stadium uh, named after him. And it's like, sir, he hasn't even played a game yet. It's still preseason. Exactly. Exactly. You know what I mean? You, do you think teams want to deal with that, Sonny? So my, I could even make the argument that his draft stock is, is starting to 
get, you know, starting to hurt from from all mm-hmm. this hype hoopla that his father's creating. And might have it might have landed him in the D League Cuervo. You, I think you see where I'm going with this. Okay, uh-huh. you, you know how are we gonna how are we gonna get Lonzo's dad out of the equation? Put him in the bus leagues. Okay, put him in the D League. Put him in the minor league for a year. Maybe we can. And frankly, if there's a team that's gonna go ahead, it is draft. His draft position, I think, not not only has it, it might have backslid Cuervo because of what's going on. And, and probably you know, after he's declared, now he can start talking. There's NBA teams that will be talking to him and say, listen, son, we want you on our team. We don't want your dad. It, 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 we see uh-huh. your talent. Okay, we don't need your dad to instill what kind of talent you got. We already know it. All right, so for us to be sold on you, you have to you, you have to disinclude your father, all right, because we're not gonna take that liability for our franchise by drafting you if he is a part of it. So if you can't shut dad up, we don't want you. Which in turn turns around to another thing that I, I that when I was thinking about the whole situation. This is a guy that is so jealous of his own son that he can't get out of the way. And the only way that this son is going to be able to get rid of him is pay him off. And that is sad. That's bad for business. That's sad for his son. Now, would his son give him the money? Probably. But to be forced to do it because they've got to get him out of the limelight, that's, that's killer. That's a killer on a young man that is, gosh, I got to be successful despite my dad. <laughs> right. It's, he's cleaning up his father's mess. Exactly. So like being the son of Hitler, how, and being the son of Hitler, how am I going to get around this crap? You know, sh- yeah. who's your dad? Uh, Adolf Hitler. Oh, you know, it, it, it's, it's the same reaction. It, who's your dad? Uh, Lonzo, oh, oh, well, let, let me down. Oh, Oh, uh, Le'Veon Ball. Uh, uh. Yeah, he's got a, probably a couple of years to live with this situation now. See, because this is not a situation that can just really be swept out underneath the carpet, you know, in reality, because of what the, the first of all, the media, and plus of the way of the world is now. Those words that he put out there, as far as slow white legs and white feet, slow white feet, they're hanging above his son's head, and it's almost like he uttered those words, not his father. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, you're you're right, Sonny. Um, but like I said, I mean, it's just he's gonna have you know that that would suck. That would really suck to have to. <laughs> That's a good point. About, you know, have to. Uh, so, what do you make of your father's comments about <laughs> how they should how they should rename uh, the Lakers Stadium uh, Lonzo Ball Arena? You know, instead of instead of the uh, instead of the Staples Center, it's the Lonzo Ball Center. Well, you know, my father, he's a little, uh, you know, he's just excited about me getting drafted uh, to the Los Angeles Lakers and. Like, what do you say? What do you, exactly. what you really want to say is, I wish my father would just shut the hell up. Oh, I, 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 yeah. Exactly. I'm sure that's what he really wants to say, but, you know, 
it is a big story, and you know, you have that moment where you wish you can get on the social media and try to delete something you said before someone screenshotted it. He, you know, he had a better chance of that one rolling over to where he could delete it quick before someone saw it. But the only problem is he said it into a microphone at ESPN, you know. So, and I'm not saying that just because he is able to delete it on, on social media that it wouldn't have been got, but it might not have been able to – he might have been able to get away with, you know, away with it. So uh, craziness mm-hmm. that is going on. I, you, know, it, you know, it's that. But here's another thing. Not for a son. All right, in reality, that I'm happy this is happening, that they're getting blasted. It's the fact that it's being something to be brought up that against someone who said something that obviously that was plain and simple. Okay, we can make the argument that's not what he meant. Okay, all right. So the question is, does someone believe him? Just like when a white person says something in a negative way, you know, that's not the way, I, that's not what I meant. That's not what I meant. And, and things, I, I really get, I, I, you know, and now he's coming back. He almost sounds like a white guy saying, yeah, I love white, I love black people. No, he's, he's on the other side. No, I love white people. You know, it, it's, it's almost like a taste of the own medicine, uh, you know, and how much that someone, I mean, in this day where race is, everything's being talked about, how we can actually let everybody know that everybody has a slip in reality and everybody has to explain their bad words or bad phrase that they've ever said in their life as, you know, I didn't mean it that way. And is it true or is it not? That will always be in the eyes of the beholder, Cuervo, you know, in reality, because whenever someone brings that up against a white person saying it's never that's, you know, they didn't mean that. It's what they meant. So do we throw and shift it back to uh, his dad, LeVar Ball, and saying, no, that's what you meant. You know that's what you meant kind of thing, you know. So it does bring to light of what you have when you're, when you're talking and what your beliefs are, it, it really does. It comes out and it says what really what – it's almost like the guy was drunk, Cuervo. You know how they say you know, when you're drunk and you start saying things when you're drunk, it's really the way that you mean? It's almost in that same comparison. Maybe he was drunk when he said it. You know, maybe he was, you know, maybe he was high on something when he said it. I don't know. Um, but <laughs> – yeah, you never know. You just never know. You just, you just never know. It, bad story. Horrible story. Um, and and, and it's, it's only a horrible story, Cuervo, is because it happened to his son, and the son's going to have to live it down for the next forever how many more years that it's going to be uh, before people will take the young man seriously, more so than believe the hype that he was coming out of, of college. Yeah, you know, I wonder if anybody's actually asked him, like, hey, like, do you wish your dad would just stop talking? Shut or do you, Or do you enjoy this? Like, which one is it? Because I've never, I've, I've heard everybody say, well, I wonder what his son is thinking. Well, whoever can, let's whoever ask has, let's ask him. Yeah, exactly. Let's ask what he thinks. And maybe that'll help open his father's eyes and be like, Oh, is that what I'm doing? Okay, I'll go sit in the color 
I'll go color in the in the corner now, you know, just shut up and go color. But, you know, I mean, that that's the only way you're going to know is you have to say something about it. Like, I don't know, maybe he just doesn't want to upset his dad. I don't know. Because he seems like the type that, that um, you know, you really can't tell him that he's wrong or something. Right. And, you know, Interesting. He'll just... He'll just go on for for days about how he's not wrong, right? <laughs> when, gone are the days where you can just say something once and it be done with. In the day of age with all the media outlets and the instantaneousness of it, you know, more so you you can give an interview over the telephone and it be posted in thirty seconds. More so back in the day when you did an interview, they had to go and they had to get it it took about you know a week to get out there. And the one time he says that that's all the people here. <laughs> with, with all the media outlets that are out there right now, uh, that that is that is a huge one. That is going on. So it, it, it's a bad story. It's bad for the young man. And I, I hope just for the young man's sake that it doesn't affect him. Uh, but you know what, Cuervo? I have a hard time feeling sorry for a young man who's going to walk out of, what, one or two years of college and make as much money as this young man's going to make. I have a hard time feeling sorry for him. Oh, I mean, I do too. I do too. It's just, it's just the baggage that come that comes along with it. That's, that's the yeah. only thing that sucks for him. Like, I don't feel bad that, you know, he's going to make millions of dollars in the NBA, probably more money than I'll ever make in my life. But right, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's the uh, the whole factor of just everything that comes with it. I mean, and. You know, don't give me the whole, like, well, you look at the past, you know, people, you know, athletes in in history, and their fathers were just as tough, you know, some of the greatest athletes of all time. Okay. The only one that that really sticks out to me is, well, actually, there's two. Because Jordan's father was around, but he wasn't really, like, a big talker. Right. Uh, but Archie Manning, obviously Archie Manning, very popular, uh, uh, you know, considered one of the greatest college quarterbacks to ever play. And he had a, he had a decent career in the NFL. So everybody yes. knows who he was. Everybody knows who he is. Right. So of course, when his sons came along, there's a lot of attention. All right. Then you think about Tiger Woods with his father. His father uh-huh. uh, was a big influence on him. And, and, you know, he spoke when, whenever people would talk to him or whatever. So, you know, he wasn't exactly a guy that stayed quiet, but at the same time, he never went out of his way to make comments. And right. those are the only two that really that stick out in my mind. And maybe, I agree. maybe you can think of other ones that, that I have can't. in the past. But, but you know, those, those fathers, you know, Archie Manning and – Tiger Woods' father, I can't remember his first name, but they you could tell the difference between those two and what this guy is about. This guy is about Absolutely. he wants the attention. Those fathers were like, you know, they were supportive, very supportive for their for their sons. Um, you know, obviously In fact it was hard to get Tiger's dad on for an interview. 
it was hugely hard to get Tiger's dad on for an interview. I, you know, and and compared to you know, compared to this situation, this guy hasn't met a microphone that he won't talk into. Oh, absolutely, yeah. I mean, he's 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 scheduling interviews for himself with these networks, and they're like, hell yeah, come on on. You yeah. know, the media has eaten this up. So, I mean, they're loving, loving it. They loving they it. love the fact that this guy won't shut up. And they're like, yeah, say more, say more. It's like, what like can a, we get next? It's like a, it's like a slot machine at a casino. Just keep feeding it, just keep feeding yep. it, and, and and you're just gonna keep getting more and more and more out of it. You know, <laughs> so it's amazing. You know, it's, it's yeah, it is. It's amazing. It's funny, but um, you it's know, too bad for son. Yeah, that's yeah. It's really unfortunate because. Um, you know, if this kid's not going to have a normal NBA lifestyle as a rookie because of all the attention he's going to get. Um, and again, maybe that's maybe that's what the goal is. Maybe that's his father's goal is to market him so much that everyone is going to continue to talk to him. They're not going to want to stop talking to him. Um, but you know what? At the same time, Sonny, it's it's you're going about it the wrong way, dude. Bottom line, exactly. You're going about exactly. it. You're going about it the wrong way. Nobody you need a different strategy. <laughs> nobody, trust me when I say this, Sonny. Nobody will be standing in line to buy Alonzo Ball jerseys or Alonzo Ball T-shirts or Alonzo Ball shoes if he comes out with a shoe deal with somebody. Yeah, trust me, they are not going to be standing in line to buy these things. It's not going to happen. It's amazing. And if it does, I'd be surprised. And if it does, then we're really not going to hear the end of it from his death. Look how much money my boy's making. (laughs) Oh, my God. Will you please just spare us? (laughs) It is what it is, so. But we had to get in the stupidity of the week because I'm sorry if there's been a shut up award that's ever been out put out there. Uh, this guy earned it not once, not twice, but three times just within the last three months. The guy just can't shut up, well, and now now it's just time for him to shut up. Well, Sonny, we we need to bring back the uh, I'm a dumbass award. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> because it it, it it comes along really good there. So, well, what we're going to do, Cuervos, we're going to take the last break here of the show. Uh, we're going to do that. And when we come back, we got more NFL talking. What we're going to talk about, we're going to talk about the coach that we've been talking about since day one on this show. Not getting a contract extension, or is it, well, if you're done, you're fired, but we'll make it look like you're going to retire. We'll talk about Marvin Lewis when we come back here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. At Regal and Rustic Estate Sales, let us take the burden out of hosting, staging, and cleaning of your estate sale or liquidation. We will provide reliable, friendly service with an experienced crew. We have an excellent reputation for professionalism with exceptional customer service and knowledge. We understand that staging and drawing attention to your sale is key. Most importantly, we listen to our customers' needs and pay attention to detail. That is what separates us from other local estate sales and companies 
as we truly care about your presentation, property, and belongings. That's Regal and Rustic Estate Sales. Contact Renee Sheffield at 972-861-0231 or check us out on the web at regalandrustic.com. Don't just call any heating and air conditioning repairman. Call an expert. At Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning, we are your experts. Whether it's a seasonal maintenance that keeps your system running at a peak efficiency or a complete replacement of your system, Stevenson's Heating and Air Conditioning does it all. Common Sense Solutions for your home comfort. Stevenson's, where quality is our standard, not our goal. Give them a call at 972-475-3227 or check them out on the web at stevensonshvac.com. Let Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors help you restore your home to its like-new condition. Need a contractor? Let us be your first stop as well as your last. We specialize in everything that others don't, such as stained concrete floors, wood spot repairs on doors and floors, stainless steel spot repairs, anti-slip on floors, and more. Want to see what kind of work we do? Check out our Facebook page and you can see the craftsmanship you'll receive and expect from Buffalo Creek Doors and Floors. Give Rodney James a call at 214-536-2607. That's 214-536-2607. Or check him out on the web at www.buffalocreekdoorsandfloors.com. At Wesson General Contracting Incorporated, we're your one-stop shop for all your general contracting needs. We are locally owned and with over 20 years of experience, so roofing, gutters, sidings, fence staining, painting, foundation problems, or roof damage are no problems at all. Give us a call at 214-200-5588. That's 214-200-5588. Wesson General Contractors. Proud sponsor of the Rowlett Eagles radio broadcast. Unpleasant surprises can be annoying, but sometimes they can be devastating. If your retirement plan is vulnerable to unpleasant surprises, you do have a choice. There are strategies that can help ensure any surprise is a welcome one and reduce the threats to your retirement. Nest Egg Wealth Advisors specialize in helping protect your portfolio from unpleasant surprises. Visit nesteggadvice.com or give them a call at 972-412-6064 to request a guide to your nice, predictable retirement. working man in sports radio along with Cuervo as we are talking, you know, we're going around the area. We're covering a lot of stuff that happened this week. And one of the big stories, Cuervo, is the story we've been talking about for years on the show regarding the head coach that probably shouldn't be a head coach in this league right now. Um, And I'm calling this season for the 2017 season the excuse of Marvin Lewis. More so than the retirement 
of Marvin Lewis, okay? We've, I've been talking about since the show this guy's needed to be going a long time ago, and this guy made a career out of being a head coach of a mediocre football team for many, many years, Cuervo. So no contract extension is the big news for Marvin Lewis, but that's the team telling him, you know, you either win or you go. So he's got a built-in excuse, Cuervo, for them losing this year that, you know, I've just had enough. It's time for me to retire. More so that we all know what's going on over there. They told him straight out, you don't win, you're not employed next year. But we'll make it look like we'll let you ride off in the sunset for your retirement and not make you look like an idiot. Oh, sure. And, you know, some, you know, a lot of teams do that. Sonny. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, it's, it's happened in the past. I, I, I don't remember, I don't know names off the top of my head, but I'm pretty sure, you know, it's happened in the past before. Mike Ditka uh, and the Saints. I'm sorry? Mike Ditka and the Saints. Yeah, that's a good one. That's um, that's the one that pops into my head immediately because that poor guy couldn't get the Saints to play for him to save his life, and he pretty much was on the hot seat. And, but the good thing about Mike Ditka is is that he's Mike Ditka. Um, Martin Lewis isn't Mike Ditka. So that's the reason why I can believe what happened up there more so than I can believe Marvin Lewis being finally shown the exodus of out of uh, – over there in Cincinnati as the head coach, you know, and this guy has lived off of a year good here, a year good the two years later. And I mean, this guy, he, he's definitely had a masterful plan to be where he's at right now as, you know, if they don't have a successful season, he will retire. I mark my words. That's what's going to end up happening. But if he gets, if he has a good season, He'll get a year extension, and if it's bad, then he'll be gone. See, this one, he, he's played the Trump card enough to where now there's no more Trump cards, Cuervo. You know, yeah, now you got to play the hand that you got, and then you'll decide on where you're going to be because the Trump right. card is not there anymore. Nope, it's gone. It's gone, and, and you know, I mean, unless, unless every major player on that team gets injured and they win – you know, three games. That'd be the only way I could see him getting one more year. But even then, I don't even think. I it's think that. that's. Yeah, because I mean that's. I mean that's just a more of a reason to fire him. And so, I you know it's about time though. I mean, you know Cincinnati is going to finally make the move that you and I have been talking about for four years now. <laughs> So and we've been we've been doing this show together for seven and we've been saying it for yeah. the past four or five years now. So we've been um, hammering it. I've been hammering it. I think I think I started on my first show. I'm almost sure I started hammering Marvin Lewis on my first show. Sometimes it, it was within the first three shows because I go back when I need a laugh. I go back and listen to that monstrosity <laughs> that was show number one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, and ten. Even though not, they're kind of comical now, but not as bad as they were back when we did it. But 
I was on Marvin Lewis's butt to be fired a long time before um, before this, uh, as we were on air back in 2009. Here we are in 2007, Cuervo, and we're still talking. At least Sonny is still talking about how does this guy have this job? It's absolutely amazing. Um, but this goes into the fact that you know th- th- this is a, a franchise that I. I I'll say it because I don't know. I don't even know who the general manager is, but or whatever. But how they think that this guy has been able to keep them successful um, to where they couldn't make. But you you do go back to the same question, Cuervo. A lot of teams go out, whether it's a quarterback. Uh, well, let's just say quarterback. Who else are you gonna get? And it really does come down to that, Cuervo. I mean, you know, the guy, the guy has had success what seems to be like every other year. Um, you know, now granted they haven't gone far in the playoffs, but at least they've been winning regular season games by the skin of their teeth, yes, but a W is W. Um, but every other year. I mean, this guy saves his job every other year. And um, this year, it, you know, if he gets an extension, it'll only be because they have a good regular season. And, but I think this one here is, is that we've had enough of good regular seasons. We need to make a dive into the playoffs. And, and I've looked at the roster on this football team, Quervo. I don't know where it's going to come from. Be, because, you know, Andy Dalton is as good as he is. And, but, I, you know, and I'll put it out there. I like Andy Dalton. I think this guy's a good quarterback. He's not great. He's good. He's adequate. You can consider him a franchise quarterback, um, but he's not the you know he's not the Peyton Manning, he's not the Matthew Stafford for all that matters. Um, but he's still a quality guy at the quarterback position. This is a team that needs to build around Andy Dalton more so than letting go anything that they possibly can. And one of the biggest things is is that in keeping a guy happy, if you're going to keep Andy Dalton, you got to keep AJ Green happy. So, but my question I have for you, Cuervo, in that statement right there, it reminds me of another squad, that squad being the Detroit Lions, where Matthew Stafford was so dependent on Calvin Johnson to make plays for him. I'm wondering sometimes when I think about it, has Andy Dalton fallen into the Matthew Stafford of the last five years before last season compared to making his own name? Um, I don't. I don't think it's as bad as how Stafford was with uh, with Calvin Johnson because if you look at the numbers that <clears throat> at Tyler Eifers, their their tight end puts up. That's a good um, point. You know, at least he goes to the at least he goes to the tight end. <laughs> that right, and that's the point I'm making is, you know, Tyler Eifert is a Pro Bowl tight end because he actually gets the ball. See. You know, guys like Pettigrew and, and Eric Ebron, they could be Pro Bowl tight ends. They just don't get the ball enough. Yeah. And and that and that and that goes to Matthew Stafford by you know, by virtue of he doesn't uh look at his tight ends enough and that's a knock that we've been saying on him is he doesn't throw to his big guys enough. He doesn't throw to the big targets and Mm-hmm. Well, when 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 Eifert is healthy, and he's getting the ball a lot, like Dalton throws to him, he gets his fair share. So, you know, I don't I don't think it's as bad, but I think the problem with the uh, with the Cincinnati Bengals is just really what it comes down to is 
when they need to make a big play on defense, they can't seem to get it done. They just can't exactly. Get it done. Uh, and exactly. they've got good defensive. They've got good defensive pieces, Sonny. But it's just it comes down to execution when 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 it's a tight game, when the when the, when the game is on the line, they always find a way to to uh, uh, the bed. I, I don't. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. They they don't uh, they don't come through and they don't they don't get the job done. So um, that's the problem with the Bengals. I mean, the offense is not the issue. I mean, we've seen we've seen that offense. You know, break break hearts at the at the last minute in in, in a game. Uh, the offense can get it done. It's just that defense, though. You ask the defense to make a play when it counts. Forget it. It's not going to happen. So I agree, and that is that's a good point right there, Cuervo. When you can't depend upon your team that needs to make the play, and they can't, and they can't come through, and we're seeing that. Whether it's the defense though or offense, Cuervo, they're both they're both equally responsible for the non-success that they've had. In reality, I mean, you know, when they need the big play, if it comes offensively, it doesn't happen. Or the same thing defensively, it doesn't happen. So I think they wear the same coat evenly. And that comes from coaching, Cuervo, with a question. I mean, when you can't get the consistency on both sides of the ball at a vital point of the game, you've got to be able to coach your team to get over that. And that comes from coaching. Now, Marvin Lewis, listen, Marvin Lewis is the defensive guy. Well, he actually oversees it all, but he's a defensive guy. Um, So, but at the same time, when you look at Marvin Lewis, you don't, you normally don't think that. You don't even know what Marvin Lewis does. I mean, it's been so long since it seems like he's been involved with one part of the game for his team. That, that you don't recognize him as the defensive guy. You don't recognize him as the offensive guy. It, there's, there's no real – like when you go Rex Ryan, you know the guy's defense. You know what I'm saying? It, it, you know, and, and there's lots of coaches that you know, recognize a certain side of the ball more so than another. You don't get that now, now with, a, uh, with Marvin Lewis. You, you get a guy – I mean, you know – and sooner or later, you know, to kind of swing it back to a Dallas, you know, thinking, you know, Jason Garrett, you know, used to be that offensive guy, but now he's getting so much input. Now he looks like he's kind of all, although he's still kind of on the offense. You give Jason Garrett a couple more years, he'll be just like Marvin Lewis. He doesn't recognize to a certain side of the ball. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And and you know, you would think that this defense would be better. Um, at least on you know defensively, but man, because you think about you look at Marvin Lewis's history and where he's coached. You know he was part of the Baltimore Ravens' great defenses that they had. Yep, uh, a few years back, I, I believe he was a defensive coordinator on that 2000 Ravens. He team. was, he was. So that, that's where he know. was recognized up up underneath the defensive side of the ball, and that's how he got the opportunity. Yeah, well, I mean. Now you don't yeah, know. For a while, yeah, for, for a while, that Cincinnati defense was, was scary. You know, but, mm-hmm. but at the same time, that was when they had Mike Zimmer as their defensive coordinator. So, obviously, the question of who, who gets credit for how good those defenses were, obviously, Mike good Zimmer point. has been the guy. But, um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's really Without a, question. a matter of it's really just a matter now of, of 
you know, where is uh, where's Marvin Lewis's credibility? You know, does, does he have any anymore? Is he going to get another head coaching job? Anywhere. Marvin Lewis is done after this. I don't think, I don't think there are too many teams that would go the Marvin Lewis way. And, and, and really, it's not because of what, what – well, I, I mean, you can look at the success or non-success, if that's what you want to call it, of Marvin Lewis and what he's done. And is, but if you're a team that is so far out there and just can't find it, then, yeah, a Marvin Lewis might be fine. But established football teams, Cuervo in the NFL, they don't want Marvin Lewis. I mean, you know, if you're a team that can't win football games, you're a 1-17 football team, you need a drastic turnaround on something, you know, there are certain coaches that can get you back to, to respectability. Now, I will give Marvin Lewis that. I, and I know I've been, I've been accused of being the worst Marvin Lewis hater. Listen, that guy has made that team legitimate. Legitimate. Now, has he been able to lead them to the point where they need to be to be legitimate contenders each and every year in the key being each and every year? No. But he has put them on the map a little bit. You've got to worry about the Bengals every other year. And, it, and not only that, they've made some moves, really. If you take away from the fact that they drafted right at the quarterback position when they got Andy Dalton, although they paid him too much in the contract that everybody was so crazy about, they did give him a A.G. Green. They did give him a tight end. What else has this team been able to do to make that done? I don't know how much Marvin Lewis has uh, impact in that decision or those decisions, but what he's been able to do he can make your team legitimate. And I'm going to give you an example. I will say, and you ask me next week, I'll call you a liar. Marvin Lewis can make the Jacksonville Jaguars better. Now, will he be able to sustain that over a long period of time with consistency? No. But could he change the thinking of that franchise? Yes. Could he make them better than what they are? They went three to four football games a season. Yes, he can make them better. Will he make them a contender in the AFC? No. But you want to be done being the laughing stock as far as wins and losses are concerned? Marvin Lewis can help you there. That's a good point, Sonny. I mean, you know, he's on, he's on the last leg of his coaching career. I mean, he's a guy that yep. can, you know, uh, tick over a situation at least until you find a coach that, you feel can be your, your long-term head coach and right. uh, kind of pick it up from there. So, you know, and I'm not even going to say, I don't even think the, the knock on Marvin Lewis is that he hasn't won a Super Bowl or gotten to the Super Bowl, Sonny, because let's face it, to get to, get to the Super Bowl in the AFC, you had to go through the three, the big three, okay? Yep. Brady, Brady, Peyton Manning, Big Ben. You have yep. to get through those three guys. And I tell you. That's tough. Uh, you know, it, it is. It's tough. The knock that I have on Marvin Lewis is that they never got past the first round. They, could yeah. never, they couldn't even win a, a wild card game. They were favored. They had, they had opportunities to win uh, home games in the playoffs, and they just could not get it done. Like I said, the defense. I don't know. I don't know what it was about that defense, Sonny. As good as they were statistically in the regular season and then all that stuff, 
that defense when they needed the, when they needed a big play, they never got it done. And you know, it's really unfortunate because I would have loved to have seen a team like that you know, battle with Denver, battle with New England in, in a playoff game because I would have loved to seen well, let's see how let's see how good you know New England can play against this this good uh, Cincinnati defense. Let's see how proficient Denver can be against this Cincinnati defense. But we never got to see it, Sonny. We always had to settle for you know Houston or you know they played Kansas City. You know, whoever beat Houston, to, whoever was beating Cincinnati, to get to that point. And we never got to see the Bengals in the second round play against a legit caliber AFC team in a playoff game. It would have really tested out these offenses that you see in New England, Denver, and uh, Pittsburgh. Absolutely. And, and, and I mean, it's really simple to think about what's going on. And to your point, Cuervo, you make a very valid point. Listen, listen to these. These are the teams. New England and Pittsburgh played for the AFC Championship. Denver and New, uh, New England paid for the year before, paid for the championship. The New England Patriots and the Indianapolis Colts in 2014 when Andrew Luck was good, so I'm allowed to say that. Tough team to get by. Then the year before that, Patriots again, Broncos. The year before that, Baltimore Ravens, Patriots. Again, the year before that, again, Baltimore and Patriots. Then the Steelers and Jets. So you go back to 2010 before you think about a team where, you know, they had a shot. New York Jets shouldn't have been in the play in the AFC championship game. That was Rex Ryan and, and the butt man himself. Um, that was the last legitimate shot. Getting outside the really the big three that you were talking about, Cuervo, um, you, you can even throw the Baltimore Ravens in at that point because when they were good, um, they were probably top four. So, you know, we're talking about the Baltimore Ravens, Denver Broncos, New England Patriots, and the fine Pittsburgh Steelers. Outside of that, those four teams, you still, <laughs> if you think about it, Cuervo, you still got other 12 other teams in the AFC to even break the opportunity to make it into the AFC Championship game. And that, and by the way, when that happens, listen for those stories that are coming out. No one since, you know, 2010 were there before the Jets. And But even going further than that, you can go back to the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Baltimore Ravens in 2008, 2009. The San Diego Chargers, when they pulled through in uh, 07 and 08, but even before that. So, you can go back to those late days. When it happens, it's going to be big news. You know, when one of those four don't make it, Cuervo. And it, and it really begs the question. I wonder how much of those top four that if they don't make it within the top four, one of two. How about both of those teams? Would anybody watch the game? And, and that would tell you those four franchises definitely made a left turn because they, we, we're talking about those four teams going back all the way back to 2000. Well, the Patriots alone, they go back, you know, they go back to 2003, 2000, uh, Mark that, 2001, 2002, um, before we're, you know, talking about them on a consistent level in the Super Bowl or AFC Championship. 
Right, right. And, you know, and another thing, too, out of those four teams that you mentioned, Sonny, Baltimore, New England, Denver, Pittsburgh, two of those teams are in the same division as Cincinnati. Absolutely. So you think about, you think about the, the, the wall that they had to climb. If you expected as a Bengals fan or as an NFL analyst or as a Marvin Lewis hater or as a, you know, whatever, to expect them to climb that wall, I mean, that's, that's a lot. You're asking for a lot. You got you you got to get through. You got to win your division first. Absolutely, okay? that's the big thing. Win your division, which which means, you know, you play you did better than Pittsburgh and Baltimore in the regular season. Okay, fine, whatever. They've won the division before, so they they accomplished that. Now they get into the playoffs, and two years in a row they face the number one defense in the NFL in Houston, two years in a row. Right. Couldn't get it done. Uh, so that was, that was the one thing that they ran into. And then the year that they played Pittsburgh, again, it goes back, go back to that play by, you know, with Antonio Brown getting, getting the helmet to helmet. And that was the defense that once again, found a way to choke it away and, gave that game to the Pittsburgh Steelers, you know. Um, if you remember, Sonny, in that game, Cincinnati scored a touchdown with like a minute something to go in the game, and it took the lead. Yep. And, I, yep. and, I was, and, and I remember I was like, wow, this is actually going to happen. Like, this, the Bengals are going to win a game. They're going to win a playoff game. And then hmm. that all happened. And then just like that, the Steelers were walking off the field with a victory, and I'm like, what the hell just happened? So Exactly. <laughs> you know? So, in reality, it's, you know, I guess, I guess for those that want to make the argument that Marvin Lewis should not be fired, those would be the things that that um, you could, that you could say is, look, you know, you think about the, the all the stuff that they had to go through, that they had to get through just to get to a certain point. Well, and, and, and that's absolutely true. And, and they're right. And I get it. My only thing is they could have at least won a playoff game, especially when you play the same team two years in a row. Okay. The first time you, you know, you lost to them. All right. And it, it happens. But then you play them again the second time, then the very next year and you lose again. Yeah, you know that that's got me wondering now. It's got me wondering. So, um, you know, what was what were there any adjustments? Were there any changes that you guys made compared to last year's playoff game? To me, it didn't look like there was much change. So uh, that goes that goes into coaching. That goes into coaching. So absolutely past the first run. That's why I say he needs to be gone because. Because the, the, he couldn't, he could never get the defense to rise to the occasion uh, in a big game. Yeah, and they could never, they never progressed. They got to the first round, the wild card playoff, and that was it. They couldn't get past that. I mean, and that's that that right there spells well, time for a change. Really interesting what's going on as far as that team is concerned. Where they're going to move forward, obviously they're going to go ahead and move forward with it. Um, that that being said, we I, 
I don't know. You know, I, 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 I'm almost I'm going to prepare to say to myself, I can't wait until it happens because I think the Bengals are a good football team all around. They've just not been able to put it together. And I'm sorry, when you have a team that has been that good, hey, the Bengals have been good for the last six seasons, Cuervo, maybe even seven. And them not being able to move forward, that, that's, that, that's a sign of your head coach not getting the job done, whether he's not hiring the right coaches to do the job or he not doing the good job himself. Whatever it does fall up underneath his shoulders. Now, let's make a switch, Cuervo, because we don't talk about my team a lot because my team sucks. And I've rightfully admitted for years and years that they suck, and I'm talking about the Jacksonville Jaguars. But you want to talk about a team that has had a major shakeup? The Jacksonville Jaguars, new, new guy at the top, you know, Tom Coughlin kind of taking over this football team, giving Doug Marone, which was a great move for this football team. I, I thought the hiring of Doug Marone as the head coach of this football team was so huge. Look what he did with the Buffalo Bills before you know, the, the coach went in there and blew it up. And I'm talking about Rex Ryan. Went in there. I, he had that team defensively. You couldn't even beat the Buffalo Bills, you know, unless you had a good offense because Buffalo didn't have a good offense. But defensively, that was a good football team, which goes back to the tradition of the Jacksonville Jaguars having a good defense. The Jacksonville Jaguars have made moves in the positive that I – I have to admit that I'm feeling good about. I'm not going to go in because I want to see the success before I call this football team good. But they've made some great moves in, in uh, NFL free agency, um, which is normally something that the Jaguars usually fail at. Now, they did grab up the, the good wide receivers last year. Um, but I'm going to tell you right now, the Jacksonville Jaguars have done good so far. The question I have, Cuervo, and I know you were on the Jaguar bandwagon last year. Watch out for this team. I told you, you got to stop drinking the happy sauce. Uh, but you were on the verge of calling this team a playoff contending football team because of some of the things that they've done. Now, with what they've done this year, Cuervo, as they, they freed up cap space big time, uh, on this football team. They got three defensive starters. One, uh, Carlise Campbell from the Arizona Cardinals. Boy, what a great pick. They picked up the best defensive player that the Dallas Cowboys had and get, picking up Barry Church, I think, was a big-time move for them as well. So defensively, and, and I think they got A.J. Boy as well. These, these moves are big for the defensive side of the ball and they also get, here it is, uh, uh, Lariente McCray. I don't know much about him, but I do know about Avi Cole. That guy's got, that, that guy can ball. So defensively, the Jaguars have definitely short, got that defense set. But I'm still up on the fact that they, they didn't do anything in the free agency market on the offensive side of the ball, which is where they need the most help. Yeah, it's a good point, Sonny. I mean, I haven't really seen anything offensively for them either. Um, you know, I would, I would make the argument though that 
really, there's really not a whole lot I could say, maybe except running back, which maybe they have a plan to draft a running back. But other than that, I mean, I don't think their offense is that needs that much more improvement. Um, there, none of the tight ends were really worth uh, a big deal about. So I yeah. would say probably, you know, it's good that they didn't jump the gun on getting a tight end because there really weren't, wasn't any uh, tight ends worth going out and trying to uh, grab. But, you know, it's the only, the only bad move I think the Jaguars made. I think they could have gotten a little more for Julius Thomas when they traded him. That's a I good point. I, I I think I think uh, what did they get a seventh round pick for him for the Dolphins? It was something ridiculous. I looked that up, but Julian Thomas going for next to nothing um, was, was ridiculous. And it and what I mean next to nothing, uh, it, it really it really did. Where did he go? He went to Miami, didn't he, Cuervo? Yes, yeah, he went to Miami, yeah. and I think Miami gave him a seventh round pick. I think you could have gotten a fifth-round pick easily for him. And I'm not saying that, you know, he's not the same guy that he was, you know, four years ago in Denver. But, man, I mean, this is a guy. Seventh-round draft pick. Here it is. A seventh-round draft pick. That is it. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's all they got for him. Wow. Uh, so, I didn't even know that, Cuervo. I, yeah, I knew I, it was low, but I didn't realize it was the final uh, you know, final round of the draft. What a joke. Yeah. They stole him. They stole him. You're right. They did. I didn't, like, even, uh, I didn't you know. even realize it was – I knew he got traded and I knew it was a draft day, but I didn't realize it was the seventh round. I mean – Man, oh, man, what was going on behind the scenes where you got your top receiver going for a seventh rounder? That there, Something was a muff down there. Right. I mean, you know, and I, like I said, for Jacksonville, I wish they would have gotten been a little more aggressive and saying, no, we're not going to accept anything less than a you know, fifth-round pick, sixth-round pick. Right? They settled for a seventh rounder. Um, that's the only bad thing that I've seen them do so far. Yeah, they've spent some money in free agency, Sonny, the past few years, which you know. I mean, when it came to free agency, boy, they, they were, as, they, as, the, you know, as the younger generation says, they've been making it rain in free agency down there in Jacksonville, um, spending all kinds of money. And, yeah. you know, and, 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 and here's the thing. It's easy for teams to spend money in free agency, but when you spend it, in the right places. That's the key. And for Jacksonville, at the right time. Been, at the right time. And Jacksonville has done a very good job, I think, of doing that. Like you said, they pick up Calais Campbell. Uh, you know, uh, uh, they've brought in uh, – I think they did get A.J. Bouye, and he was, he was the top corner in free agency this year. So they got themselves a top defensive tackle, a top corner in free agency – uh, they picked up, uh, uh, you know, a draft pick for, for Julius Thomas. So they're going to get younger in that position. Um, right. You know, I mean, so the only thing I could see now is get you a solid running game. Um, don't be shocked. Don't be shocked. You heard it here first. Don't be shocked if your Jaguars at number four take Leonard Fournette from LSU. That wouldn't surprise me, and that wouldn't be a bad move because when you take away, you know, 
They haven't had a running game since Maurice Jones drew. Okay, they haven't had, it's been non-existent, Cuervo. I mean, they, they get no production whatsoever from the running back position since they get since he got. And by the way, the last two years of his his career, he was almost non-existent anyway. I mean, so you, you look at it, but Julius Thomas. Now, this is what Julius Thomas gave you in 2016: 30 receptions, only 281 yards, and four touchdowns. Why was that? Well, because their offense was anemic at best. But the year before that, it wasn't much better than Cuervo with Julius Thomas. 46 receptions, 455 yards, and only five touchdowns. So that's the reason why they traded him away for nothing, the reason why they weren't getting production from him. But you've got to look at the reason why you weren't getting production from him. And that's the biggest joke of them all. I mean, that, I mean why weren't you getting Julius Thomas it's more involved with your offense. Came from your offensive coordinator, not putting the nails to the ball and say, get this guy the ball. What are we talking about? This guy's only caught 30 balls this year. Why wasn't he a bigger part of the offense at that time? Big time thing, which also explains the shakeup. But you're right, Cuervo. They traded him for his last two years number production for the seventh round more so than looking at what he did throughout his his career and that right there is the reason why they had to had the shake up in the at the top whether it be the general manager and uh bringing the, hey and you can say whatever you want about tom coughlin and the thinking about them they love tom coughlin down there in jacksonville without question more so they, they love the they fact do. that he's back and that, but the fact that someone looked at the last two years of Julian Thomas's production and said, yeah, this guy's a scrub and let him go for a seventh rounder, the guy deserved to be fired. Oh, without a doubt, Sonny. I mean, you know, that's exactly what uh, they did was look at what they've done, not what they can still do. And, you know, Julius Thomas is still a pretty young guy. I, I don't think he's – Absolutely. I don't even think he's 30 years old yet. So No, he's 28. He's on the right side of 30. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, now now I do understand, you know, moving Julius Thomas. I get that, you know what I mean, because of the fact that he's a guy that, that is dealing with injury problems. He's injury prone. Okay, if you don't want to keep him, fine. All right? That's your choice. But at least get something worth value to him. You're talking yeah, about Yeah, that's a guy not a seventh healthy. rounder. Yeah, when he's healthy, Sonny, he's a Pro Bowl tight end, straight up. Absolutely. But that's the thing. When is he healthy? And, you know, I get that argument. At the same time, though, I really think that if they would have just been patient, they could have found a team that would have been like, oh, fifth round pick? Is that all you want? No problem. And those I agree. Round pick, which I agree. For Jacksonville, they probably feel like, well, that's a good deal for us. And I think it's a good deal. I think he's worth about a fifth rounder right now. If he was still healthy like he was, I would say you could probably push, probably push for a third, maybe even a second rounder. But we all know that's not happening with, with, the, with the health problems that he's had. So, you know, 
I, I well, and that's a huge it. point that you talk about, Cuervo, because the guy's never played 16 games in his career. The most he's played is 14 in a season. That was back in Denver when uh, uh, two years before Jaguars got him. The year after, mm-hmm. he got hurt the year after uh, and only played in 13 games. So, you know, before the ja- the Jaguars grabbed him up because of the injuries and what they could get for him. And, but I think they let him go way too much. I mean, in two years, he only played uh, 21 games for the Jacksonville Jaguars. And that's the reason why they were so willing to unload him. But they didn't realize the value of what this guy could bring to a football team, which is the reason why they had to have the shakeup at the top with the um, bringing in Tom Coughlin, getting a new coach, which, by the way, Gus Bradley had to go when they hired him. I said that was a horrible hire, and gosh, Sonny was completely right. No, Sonny, you're just negative. No, that, that, was, that was just a bad hire. And you can hype it up all you want, Cuervo, but when you don't win football games in the NFL and you're only a scrub as a head coach, guess what? It, it, that's what they ended up. That's who they hired, and that's what they got. Yeah, and you know what? I mean, I'll eat my crow on that, Sonny. I, I, I was – and the only reason I – the reason I like Gus Bradley so much is because I knew somebody that played for him at North Dakota State when he was, when he was a college coach. And Got it. The player I talked to loves Coach Bradley. Like, he – I mean, he – Sure. You know, yeah, he played, played for him. He loves him. So Exactly. And, and Players he, and coach. He, and he talked – yeah, he talked highly of him, you know. I mean – so, I mean, not that he wouldn't. I mean, I'm sure, you know, I'm sure he'd give his honest opinion, but, you know, but he, if that was his honest opinion, then, um, you know, like you said, that's a guy that, that his players love to play for. And I don't know, it's just, it's just like Nick Saban, Sonny, in the NFL, some guys just don't, they don't, uh, it doesn't yeah. transfer over. Yeah, it doesn't, yep. it doesn't. Um, I don't know what's the word I'm looking for. The, the transition. Transition. Yeah, that's the word. Happen. Transition. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the style of coaching it does not. It doesn't equal what you can do in college. So some guys are just meant to be better college coaches than head coaches. You know. Nick Absolutely. Is definitely one of those. And who knows? Maybe Gus Bradley. We find him back in the college ranks. Um, hell. What, uh, Chip Kelly will probably be back in college too, and we'll see him, you know, having a great uh, a season wherever he goes. So, you know, there's no there's no telling, but you know, for for Gus Bradley, yeah, it just didn't work out in the NFL. Yeah, and, and here's the thing: the whole thing, as far as anything, I, yeah, I think you know when you look at some things, um, the the whole thing that when you when you move and you make make moves. Now, now, just in case you didn't know, he's the defensive coordinator now for the Chargers, just so that you know, um, which is probably the perfect place for him. And the reason being is, is because why? He's a player's coach. And where you get the most success with players' coaches on the defensive side of the ball, Cuervo, you can have the players' coach on the offensive side of the ball, but guess what? The fact of the matter is if you're not putting points up on the board, you can be other coaches. You can be a player's coach all you want, but the simple fact of the matter is you get more success for a player's coach on the defensive side of the ball than you do the offensive side of the ball. Right. Right. And, you know, and, and again, 
at, that's where that's the side that you hear guys talking about. Man, I will. I love playing for this guy. Da, da, da. We don't really hear that. I'm very well for him. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. And that, that's what you hear is on the defensive side. You don't really hear it on the offensive side. It's a little bit different, but you know. But when it comes to defensive coordinators, yeah, I mean their players love them for whatever reason. I don't know what it is that they say to these guys, but Sonny, they players love their defensive coordinators, and you know, I did I did not know that Jeff Bradley was in was a Chargers defensive coordinator. Yeah. I think he'll fit. He's going to fit good there. It's good weather. Um, He's got some talent going on over there on the defensive side of the ball, obviously, with their draft pick that they got last year that held out and finally signed the contract. I get his name slip in my mind. Joey Bosa. Bosa, that's it. Mm -hmm. Well, and and, and you want to talk about humble pie? Cuervo, the question that you have to ask yourself, if you're Gus Bradley, and I know we went over, right? it, yeah, we're over, but it don't matter. I don't care. I, I love talking sports. Gus Bradley, the worst coach in NFL history, if you don't count one of the owners who was the coach, uh, if you take away from that, he has the worst winning percentage in NFL history at tw- uh, uh, tw- .226. Cuervo, they were 14 and 48 in three plus seasons with Jacksonville. And, you know, man, and it, go, it goes back to my theory. When he was hired on toward the end of the season before he got hired, that full time gig, they won meaningless games that meant nothing, and everybody loved Gus Bradley. And I compared the Gus Bradley thing to one Brian Hoyer. Okay, who wins four of the last five meaningless games for the Cleveland Browns, and they anoint him the best thing to come along since Fruit Punch. And what is Brian Hoyer? He is your average go-away quarterback, and that's what you got with Gus Bradley. He, he got his team to win some meaningless games against teams that had no interest in the playoffs, and you got that player's coach that's really, really hurt them and put them back for three and a half years. The Jacksonville Jaguars, you know, they're a team that always you can kind of look at the beginning of the year and say, well, you know what? Any team can win in the NFL. But I wasn't falling for it because of the type of coach and what he did. It's one thing to think a coach is good, but you really got to look at the credentials the right way. And that goes back to Brian Hoyer, you know, winning games against meaningless teams, against no, you know, you know, it, it, with with no talent that he is, um, winning against, and same thing here. But Corvo, you know, speaking of Brian Hoyer, Brian Hoyer should have got his general manager fired immediately. And yes, I'm talking about Lynch. Let's take a, if you got a minute. We can take a couple steps back and looking at what's going on. Lynch, the new uh, general manager for the 49ers, and Cuervo, I, I couldn't believe what I heard, so I went online and I, I wrote it down because it was a sad thing that was said. And I wanted to, I wanted to put it out there to you. This is what was said. This is what um, uh, uh, Lynch said about Hoyer. This right here can qualify – Lynch to be fired 
immediately when he says Hoyer is an is a starting quarterback caliber player in the NFL. That right there should get the guy fired. I mean, because I don't know what NFL he's been watching for the last five years with Brian Hoyer as a starting quarterback. Okay, he is not a starting quarterback caliber uh, uh, quarterback in the NFL. That right there should disqualify him. They should say, you know, I'm sorry, temporary insanity here. Let me give you a package to get you out the door. Because I'm going to tell you right now, San Francisco, and I'm going to say it, San Francisco took a step back when they hired Lynch as the, as the general manager of this football team. And it's not going to get better. And they are not going to be for the next two to three years while they try to figure out, you know, what's it going to take for the 49ers to win right now? This hire was a horrible one and, and they can't get out of it for the next three years, Cuervo. No, they can't, Sonny. You're right. And, 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 <laughs> oh boy, you, you, Every chance you get to bash Brian Hoyer, you do it. I, I love it. I, I, I'm the expert. I think I'm. I think I'm a hundred percent. Whenever I get the opportunity to pop him, I do it. But but oh, here's yeah. the thing, Cuervo. It'd be different if I was wrong. I, I'm a hundred percent right on Brian Hoyer. There's there's not been an instance where Sonny Clark has been wrong about Brian Hoyer since I brought it to the nation's attention that he sucks. Have I? Yeah. Now, did he sign with the 49ers, or are they trying to get him to sign? No, he signed. He's going to be due to be the starting quarterback right now for the San Francisco 49ers. Well, of course they would say that about him, but do they really think that? Mm. I don't know. That, I don't know. But that's the thing that scares me. Depending on what they're trying to do to try to hoist him up to make him feel good, I don't know. But – Brian Hoyer, the starting quarterback for the as of right now. If you look, if you look at the quarterbacks for for the 49ers right now, I'm going to pull this up really quick. The starting quarterback for the um, for the 49ers, uh, whoop, QB, not QC, QB. All right, here's their guys: Blaine Gabbert, Christian Ponder. Mike, Matt Barkley, and Brian Hoyer. Those are the four that they've got. If you want to include Thad Lewis, he's just a throw-in horrible, horrible football player. Um, I, I don't think, I, frankly, I don't think Thad Lewis has signed yet. So that's what the 49ers are looking at. You want to talk about an oblivion of mediocrity Blaine Gabbert, Christian Ponder, Matt Barkley, Thad Lewis, Brian Hoyer. Well, I'll tell you what, Sonny. If, if it was a college football team, boy, oh, baby. Oh, God, they'd be great. Set. <laughs> national championship. Like, don't even play the season. That's a national championship roster right there of quarterbacks. Absolutely. This isn't, the, this ain't college no more. We're not in Kansas anymore. They're freaking Dorothy, but, you know, it's it's a little bit different. Uh, yeah, I don't know, Sonny. Um, I mean, and here's yeah, another thing, right. Cuervo. Cuervo, here's another thing. Just really thinking if they decide that they're going to go into the draft and uh, get rid of a quarterback, I mean, the order of they get rid of them, Brian Hoyer mm-hmm. will be the last. 
And that's how bad that that's how bad I know this is going to happen. Okay, Cuervo, they're going to make a decision. They're going to go into the draft. Okay, are they going to go ahead and, and get Brad uh, Taya? I don't know. But let's say they do. Okay, guess what? They have to figure out of those quarterbacks that I told you about who are they going to get rid of, and what order are they going to get rid of them. And I'm going to tell you, Brian Hoyer would be on that squad as the backup quarterback. It's not starting for this football team. Brian Hoyer has made a living off of being mediocre at best. Because I don't think anybody thinks Matt Barkley can get it done. I mean, didn't he take an injury on the shoulder or something like that? I mean, that's a problem there. That was back in in college, Sonny, and that's why he dropped so far in the draft was it was that team teams were nervous about his shoulder injury. He had a big time shoulder uh, injury and he had surgery done and all that stuff. So he was supposed to be a first round pick, but I think he dropped to like the second or third round. And, third uh, round, third round he yeah. dropped too, if I'm not mistaken. And, and so he's out in oblivion, but so they don't trust him to be the guy. Christian Ponder, this guy, this guy has been a joke in the NFL for a long time. And Blaine Gabbert lived off his college career just like what you're talking about, Cuervo. This is a guy that knows how to – these are guys that know how to live off of what they did in college and have enough excuses in the NFL to get them just that one more job. Yeah, well, looks like he might be getting one more job. I think if they, if they got rid of any of these guys, Gabbert would probably be first because the reason I last year because well yeah well last year um, they, he showed that he really didn't fit their offense. He didn't get the he wasn't a big not, you know good fit for them, um, and they're like, well maybe one of these other guys can be the guy, and you know. So with that being said, Tony, I mean, really, to me, that's what it comes down to is, all right, well, who who could it work for? Who didn't it work for? And, you know, Gabbert's the guy. He had his chance last year, and he didn't uh, – he couldn't get it done. So uh, he's probably the first one that goes. The number two guy would probably be Barkley. I think, I think Hoyer would probably be the last guy to go. Just cause Absolutely. Like said, I think you're right. He's – I, he's lived off of being a backup, and and he's he's won football games. I mean, that's all you can really ask for in a backup is just yeah, good enough to win football games, right? I mean, come on. Yeah, but, but considering the, who they were and when it was and the timing of those victories, yes. I mean, a win is a win, Sonny. When, when you're the San Francisco 49ers, you will take well, everything you can get. Very good point. Very good point. Very good. Well, I think the first to go would be Thad Lewis. I think he'd go. Uh, well, hold on. Let me rephrase that. Actually, I, I'm going to take a step back. I think Matt Barkley would go because they're, they're worried about his health. They're, 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 then Thad Lewis. Thad Lewis has got a little bit of NFL experience, not you know hugely successful. Um, when you say Thad Lewis to someone who is an average football player, they don't know who you're talking about. Say Christian Ponder, Blaine Gabbert to the average, yeah, they've heard of him. So, you know, that's kind of the way I kind of look at it. I think they get rid of Barkley first because of the injury portion. Then Thad Lewis, at least he's got the NFL experience. Christian Ponder, 
you know, say what you want about him. He had a little success. I think it was with Minnesota, right, Cuervo? I think he was a Minnesota Viking. Um, Who's that? So, uh, Christian Ponder? Yeah, yeah. Was he Was he a Viking? Yeah, Viking. Yes, so, you know, he had a little success in reality. He, start, he started actually, Cuervo, he actually started 10 games in 2011, all 16 games in 2012. So for Minnesota, so and then nine games in 2013. That's when he got hurt, and then, then the rest is history. You know about what what that's all about. You know, but you know, you you look at Christian Ponder. I, I think I, Ponder and Hoyer are going to be battling it out for the last one holding on, or maybe they keep they keep the the drafty. I'm going to go. They're going to draft the quarterback and probably Kay. I imagine. And then keep Brian Hoyer and keep Christian Ponder. The rest of them, they're going to let him go. So. Um, yeah, I mean, it, 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 that could be a possibility, too. Who knows? It's the San Francisco 49ers, Sonny. Stay tuned. Yeah, yeah. And and I, I, I feel – I hate seeing – it's almost like the Lakers square vault. I hate seeing where storied franchises have been and where they end up. Obviously, current time, which is right now, which is 49ers lost in oblivion. The Lakers lost in oblivion. I hate seeing that with storied franchises who know how to win and know what to do. But in the 49ers case, it's the new ownership, Cuervo, that has completely destroyed any kind of legacy that that franchise has had because of their egos that they think they can do it better than a football, uh, a football guy. And, and it just goes to show when you hire Lynch as your, uh, your general manager. It, it, just, it, it tells a lot about your franchise. It, it, that move right there is, look what we did. If they have any kind of success, you think they're going to give it to Lynch? No, they're going to take all the credit. Oh, we hired that guy. We knew where it went. You know, more so than taking the blame in a couple of years, which is where it's going, um, and take the blame uh, for the hire in the first place. And they've been good at that since they've taken over that 49, 49er franchise. Oh, yeah. I mean, I mean, you know. All you got to do is look at Harbaugh. They took all the credit for Harbaugh. They didn't give Harbaugh any credit whatsoever. It's the reason why he tanked the last season. I, I promise you I'm right. Oh, no, you're right. You're absolutely right, Sonny. And that, and that was, that was the, the jealousy factor of why yep. Harbaugh was the one to leave and, and Dalkey was the one that stayed because, you know, he wanted the, uh, he wanted the credit for Harbaugh's work. And, and yep. to me, that is the most low-life, type of boss you could ever work for is a guy that will go out of his way, the guy that will do whatever he has to do to take credit for everyone else's work and say, look what I did. To me, that's a a low-life piece of crap that should never be in any type of management position. That's the reason why when you've got owners such as, all you got to do is look at the owners uh, back, you know, Pittsburgh. All you got to do is go there. Go to the go to the Patriots. As much as Kraft is a guy that is involved with this team, he doesn't take the credit for any of this. Cuervo, he gives all the glory to the players and the coaches. And you know, these kind of owners that are such a valuable commodity 
is in Jerry Jones could learn a lot. Shut up, write the check, and let the football program operate as a football program. But we got a lot of owners, i.e. 49ers, that can't get outside the fact that they think that they are the reason why anybody has success. Now, are they really the reason behind the success? Yes, it's because they signed the check. Take away from that, really owners really have got to get out of the way in order for it to be successful. And we've seen that up on the storied franchises of the past, one being the 49ers. Okay, take a step back and let it happen. The ownership, you say what you want. I mean, John Elway owns no part of the Broncos, and they let that guy do the work, Cuervo, and do it and spend it. And that, that's my biggest – you see the turnaround of the Broncos since John Elway has taken over. They let the football guy take care of the business, and they just write the check. It is amazing. And it, it, it's the secret to every NFL success as far as teams uh, moving forward. All they got to do is look to certain uh, franchises, and you'll see why they're successful. Right. Yeah, and it's a, really it's, – it's, it's a sci- there's a science to it, Sonny. You know, everybody will yep. say, well, there's a formula. I wouldn't say it's a formula. There's a science to it. Um, and and there, there is a difference, believe it or not, between a yep. formula and a science. You know, uh, so with that said, I mean, you know, some teams just, they got it down sometimes and some teams don't. And, and it's, it's, the NFL is such a quick, it's a fast league, Sonny. It it evolves, it changes. You can either be the one that follows the the pack or you could be the one that, that becomes a trendsetter. And, And when you become the trendsetter, that's when, that's when you start winning and you start doing things that other teams aren't doing and you figure out ways to, to change and evolve and make your team unique from all the other 31 teams in the NFL. And that, that's, that's hard to do, but teams do it. Yep. And it is what it is. We went over 20 minutes. We did good square ball. It was nonstop. It was perfect. Great show today. Folks, no show next week. It's Easter. I'm going to be spending time with my family. And so unless they drive me crazy, we won't be on next year or next week. So everybody have a good one. Have a good holiday. We'll catch you in two weeks here on the Couch Potato Sports Show. And that being said, Cuervo, have a good holiday, my friend. Same to you, Sonny. And we'll see you next time. We will be on the air with Inside the CIF with Sonny Quark next week. Besides that, we'll catch you next time. Bye-bye.